Welcome back to The Suspense is Killing Us. It's me, your co-host, Kevin Clark, across the table from me. Grabs vote. There he is. And then over here, sitting by the on the other part. Hi, it's me, Matt. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and, <sighs> and that's our show. Yeah, good show. Good show today. World's still on fire, but we have movies to talk about. We sure do. Speaking of world still on fire, you had an incident happen to you yeah, recently. Yeah, I had a very strange an experience anecdote. this morning. Yes. Uh, so, this is a story about my white privilege. Yeah, I love with, a story that starts that way. Yeah. Well, it starts with me and Molly watching the Royal Tenenbaums, which is maybe the height of white privilege. Molly's your girlfriend. You right, weren't on Molly's drugs. Molly's my girlfriend. We were not on drugs. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so we, we watched the movie, and 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 uh, Molly, I guess she wrote something on her letterbox. She used a quote from from the movie where Richie Tenenbaum says he's going to kill himself. You know, like you do. <laughs> I use quotes for letterbox reviews all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go to bed. Uh, around one thirty in the morning, she wakes me up. She's like, when the dog is barking a little bit too, and she's like, "There's somebody at the door." Dog's barking a little bit. Yeah, she's not like going crazy, but she's <laughs> like, <laughs> she, she's she's barking every now and then. And <laughs> the, you hear, then there's somebody knocking on the door. I hear it now. I'm pretty bleary, and it takes me a how, minute. How hard is the knocking? I mean, like firm. Just, just a regular door knock. Okay. Like you know, is, is it, your door pretty thick? Is it knock? Yeah, it's a big the, heavy door. Okay. It's an iron door, if I remember correctly. <laughs> It's a big heavy door, you know. It's, it was a, it was a loud knock, but it wasn't like banging or anything like that. Uh, takes me a second to sort of you know get get to my senses, and, and I have to restrain the dog a little bit. And uh, I, I open the door, and there are four cops there, and they're not like guns drawn or anything, but they're kitted out. They got all their gear on, their tactical vests, and everything like that, just in case warfare should break out in this apartment, <laughs> right? Because you never know. And uh, and they're like, "Is Molly Leach here?" And I'm thinking, what the fuck has she done this time? <laughs> no. Has uh, <laughs> she run afoul of the lo- yeah. of Johnny Law the old again? Ba- the old battle axe has done it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, uh, and you know, of course, yes, she's there, and she comes over, and they're they're like, uh, you know, apparently earlier you sent out a tweet. They said it was a tweet, but uh, you know, turns out she, it was a letterbox. Turns out it must have been a letterbox. <laughs> Universal she did term she for did cops. tweet a quote from the movie out, but it was not unrelated to suicide. It was just the telegram that Richie sends. That's mm-hmm. why I thought it was weird. That's I'm what like, I thought it was at the time did too. Some, somebody anyway. Until until we talked about it more this morning. Uh but uh yeah, and, and so somebody called the fucking cops to do a wellness check on her and they showed up four cops showed up in my apartment at, at fucking one thirty in the morning. Now I, w- I just want to say they were very nice. Yeah, totally friendly and polite. We resolved the this in like forty five seconds, and you they, got, they you're, left. You're white people. You live that's in a very, exactly a yes. very nice apartment. Well, yeah, it was just like I, it was just sort of like that. I guess that's that's my reasonable expectation of a police encounter. You right, know what I mean? I'm right. very I'm very lucky that way. And I have to say, it, as far as reasonable expectations of police encounters are concerned, it's still fucking it's still insane. Four cops yeah. for what, a wellness check. And why are they? Why are the cops doing this? You don't need one cop, right? Let don't, alone four. Why do we need four guys what, with what guns to, to check that? Like, well, what if this woman who's trying to kill herself decides to turn the gun on one of us? We're going to need four to restrain right. this woman. What if she decides to hang one of us instead? <laughs> Who's better? Who, better kid up. She better. Yeah. What if she makes us swallow all the pills? <laughs> <laughs> one thing's for sure: we're going to need to be in armor, right? To this go is, into this, this is apartment. not to say that like people who who are who you know are threatening suicide or have suicidal ideation don't need to be checked up on. No, no, they certainly like, don't need to be checked up on by armed like by right. armored four four, four four armed people. It's probably not. Yeah, it's way too much. Right. I mean, like, I mean, that's like, yeah. So, I mean, it's about white privilege that story, and also about like this weird, this yeah. weird overreach of like police, where you're like, police don't need to be doing that in the first place, and let alone so many police. You don't need one guy with a gun to show up at your right. house when you are 
possibly, when some weirdo, when some rando on Letterboxd calls the cops. I would love to know who it was and how they fucking knew our address. That's the weirdest part. <laughs> I mean, Molly's I mean, I guess, about I mean, I guess like if they if they have her name and then the cops go like, I guess this I mean, is the person. She's, but she's licensed with the state as a therapist. You know, she's worked in all kinds of places, so it's possible that they just can look that up. Of course, yeah. they can. I mean, who knows? But uh, I mean, of course, they can get an LKA on her. That's not that's not crazy. Yeah. But uh, you know, who the fuck? Called the cops on us. It's like the least nightmarish cop story that you could hear in the last uh, several months, but it's also it's like still, still nightmarish. Yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, and it points out how careful like, about careful what you're doing with your letterboxed yeah. accounts <laughs> out there, guys. Seriously, what the yeah. fuck? And who's re- and who reported this shit? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously Don't it was somebody it who was concerned, but I mean, but well, that's, that's weird. Some, that is some weird overreach of concern too. Like, yeah. it, and that's and and like if it's somebody that you know. Like, if I saw you posting some shit, and I was like, man, this is actually weird yeah. and serious, I would fucking try and call you first. Right, first, yeah. Or, like... Send a text or something. <laughs> yeah, you I'm know, not like, calling anybody. DM me. Well, you know what I mean. Well, maybe I would call... If it's, like, very serious, maybe be like, I should probably call. Maybe right. if I, maybe if the phone rings, he'll be like, <laughs> he'll answer. And, right. You know, mid-suicide. I don't know. You know, I'm not trying to joke about it, but you know what I mean. Like, if this is obviously somebody who doesn't even know who... Or like doesn't have co- I don't know. It seems weird that they wouldn't try and contact the person directly and go like, "Are you okay?" Right. And then she would go, "Yes." And she they would go, "Oh, good. Then I won't call the cops." Right. Exactly. <laughs> I just can't imagine what the cops were were going to do at all in any in any circumstance. Right. Best case scenario, how is that going to help anything? Yeah. Like if you're if you're honestly feeling suicidal and that's why you sent out the message and then you're like, "Boy, I don't know. I think I'm gonna you know I'm thinking about doing something scary." Right. Four cops, and you're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> no, forget about it. Makes, it's makes fine. you long for the days when they would send four guys in white suits with a net. Yes, yeah, send four <laughs> guys in white suits with a net. That, and you know what's better than a gun? A net. A butterfly net. And they're just uh, not trying a sharp to, net either. They're just trying to a catch padded. Groucho Marx or yeah. whatever. <laughs> like, the, like the dog catcher, you know? This guy's got a big net with a stick on it. Get in here. To and try put, to, a, put him in a straitjacket and tie it in a bow. Yeah. Throw him into a padded wagon. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Absolutely. Mm. Jesus Christ. Man. The system is fucked, guys. Would you like to go quietly or kicking and screaming? Uh, kicking, <laughs> kicking and screaming, please. please. <laughs> <laughs> I choose to waive that right. I choose to waive that right. <laughs> yeah, so that was a weird thing that happened. Is this like some sort of the cops are, are like trying to like be on their best? I mean, I know they're not. No, that's I don't. Yeah, that's. Well, are they, oh, you mean that they're like that now? They're like they're since, like being, since the cops. It's are, like overzealous yes. now. Like oh, oh we better oh, get uh, out there and really show what we're worth, or they're going to take our funding away. And and then and then the the only way that they can prove that they don't need all this funding is to show a, a, a clear example <laughs> of having way too much funding. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, it was weird. <sighs> well, on a lighter note, yeah. I did I did get a thing in the mail. Oh yeah, yeah. Was were. it from Bed Bath and Beyond? Well, you tell this, me. Is it? Is it real? You tell me if this comes. Oh yeah, Kevin, Kevin has seen this <laughs> I saw before. This. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Where, who sent that to you? Uh, it is a uh, it is a general's daughter ball cap uh, yeah. <laughs> for for the listener, and uh, oh, I should also like show you show you this. It's got a tagline on the end, on the back. What does it say? Turn it around. Go backwards. behind the lies. Go behind <laughs> the lies. Go behind. 
Oh my god, it's like a QAnon shit. It's like a QAnon hat when you wear it that way. That's right. Oh my god, we're going god. behind Who sent the that lies. To you? Well, One of um, our listeners, our, uh, the, our the composer of our theme and former guest of the show, Corey Brewer, oh. sent me a text with uh, it was this it was this on eBay, and uh, and I guess it was just to be like, hey, how about how about the fact that this is a thing that exists? And then I immediately placed a bid on it, and I said I bid on it, and then he texted me back, said no. <laughs> I was like, oh well, sorry, Corey, uh, if you're listening to this, I did it. Oh man! I, so, so the dude who who was selling this thing had it had it originally posted it because it was like an or best offer thing, mm-hmm. but he, it was thirty dollars or, be, or best offer. And I was like, well, how about five dollars? And then he <laughs> and then he like did a counter order where he was, where he was like twenty five dollars, and I was like, we're not fucking negotiating five dollars. And he's like, all right. <laughs> 20 fuck you (laughs) that's worth five dollars it is it is worth five dollars and then like with the the two or three for delivery that it was sure that's about all though yes yeah and and if you're and if you know what's what and if you've if you've been following this podcast then you know to be offended by the hat too (laughs) because it's just disgusting repulsive movie but most people won't i saw a hat that i really wanted it was a swag hat and it was in a picture that it was ice cube was wearing it in a picture that was taken with him and ice tea and it says looters on it yeah, and it was from the movie Trespass because when they were making that movie, it was called Looters. Yes, so they had uh, swag hats, and I was like, man, that, I would, that would, be I would awesome. kill for that hat. That sounds, yeah, that is a cool hat. That, that might be, better. that might be worth something. I looked up, I looked all over the forum. You can't, I couldn't find one. If yeah. anyone knows where I can get one, I would be curious to get one. Well, does Ice? Uh, does he still just have ask those? Ice Cube if he yeah. can send me his. Yeah, yeah if you're listening, still, Ice. Mister Mister the Cube. Mister the Cube. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching the promotional video f- for that movie when it came out, and and man, I wish I wonder if this is online, but it was it was very, it was very wonderful. <laughs> they were like interviewing Ice T and Ice Cube at the same time, and they're like, "Why did you decide to do this movie?" And they were like, "Well, we decided to do it uh, only if we got to shoot this amount of rounds. <laughs> I had to be able to touch this many guns and fire this many bullets." That's and you're rad. like, "I bet that's not what happened in the negotiation." <laughs> but it's funny that you said it. it's fun that you're saying it. <laughs> That's not as good as the Days of Thunder promo video Kevin and I watched that does not feature Tom Cruise in it at all. Nope. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's weird. It's a half an hour of stuff about Days of Thunder, and Tom Cruise does not appear once. For what? For whatever reason. He's like, not even in like the footage from the movie. No. What? It's very weird. Yeah, it's like all it's like cutting around Tom Cruise, which it's, but it's an official promo video. Uh-huh, yeah. It's an official promo video for Days of Thunder that like does not include anything with Tom Cruise, and you're like, the, and Tom Cruise is uh, the star of Days right. of Thunder. He's in uh, just about every scene. Yeah. <laughs> Very weird, <laughs> and there's no we don't we've never heard any explanation for why this was. I was, mean, he, the, the a, was he at a retreat or something? Must be that like he just didn't like sign off on it, or yeah. you know whatever they didn't have the likeness rights or some shit. You know what I mean? They just like uh, they were obliged to cut around him. Huh. Yeah. He's usually so uh, front and center in, uh-huh. the, in his productions, if not being a producer himself. Yeah, he's always he's usually promoting his movies. Uh, maybe honestly, maybe, a little a little I mean, too zealous. Maybe the video was declared a suppressive person and he just couldn't be in it. <laughs> The tagline for Days of Thunder was Cruise Like Cruise Thunder. Like Thunder. <laughs> oh, wow. So, cruise, cruise Like Thunder. So the promotions for Days of Thunder were were pretty Tom Cruise heavy. <laughs> Speaking of Tom Cruise heavy, mm, nope. no. Yeah. That didn't work. <laughs> oh, God, I don't think so. I had, well, well I Days had of a, Thunder is sort of a remake of Top Gun, which brings us to... <laughs> Jesus. It does? <laughs> <laughs> to our subject today, which oh, is remakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah that was yeah, a stretch. Sure, fine. Better, better than mine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. What were you going to do? Well, I already did, I already did oh, it. It was, yeah. not, it was nothing. Do you have one? 
no. I thought I had I had a little, I had kind of had one earlier, but then it passed and it was right. We Don't were, let these things pass, man. Well, no, it was the conversation. This too was, pass. The conversation yeah. was going, and it just you know kept. Uh, you might come to regret it. Well, anyway, so yeah, we're doing remakes today. <laughs> <laughs> There's another segue for you. Uh, we, we're doing three three like movies it. that were remakes of classic thrillers. So we're doing uh, 1991's Cape Fear, yeah, 1996's Diabolique, and 2004's The Manchurian Candidate. Mm. Did any of you guys watch e- any of it? Did either of you guys watch both versions of these? Mm, not this time. I did watch Diabolique like six months ago mm-hmm. for the first time, and I. Uh, and I've seen Manchurian Candidate a couple times, but I did not watch Cape Fear. I, I actually d- managed to do all, all of them. I did. Re- right. I did last night uh, rewatch uh, the Simpsons episode Cape Fear. Ah, uh, yes. However, so a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> the only Simpsons episode, at least during the time that we watched it, that is just a straight parody of one single movie. I was yeah. thinking about that because they did one later. Uh, that was a straight parody of The Departed during during one of these hundreds of bad seasons they've done, right. and uh, and I remember thinking that it was just like a huge piece of oh, shit. Right. And then I was watching the Cape Fear one and going like, well, this is just a straight parody of Cape Fear, so it proves that like, but every joke a, in it is funny. Yeah, but it sort of proves that like not it's not because they were doing a straight parody that right. Departed that it was bad. It's that they were just because it was bad because it was because sh- it was not funny anymore. I just remember, remember they remember thought it was that they thought it counted as a joke just to play that fucking song from The Departed. Yeah. Like and the, and that's like half the episode is just And then Ralph Wiggum uh, goes Ralph Wiggum goes the rat represents symbolism at the end. Yeah, yeah, got him. God. I mean the the you know Zing. the same I love that the Simpsons Cape Fear a show that I watched like when I was a kid had like Gilbert and Sullivan jokes in it and stuff and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> it is. You know. It's got the rake gag in it. Oh, the rake, uh, I mean, the rake gag is amazing. It's got Ice Creamville. Oh, it's man. It's got Hello, Mr. Thompson. Oh, I mean, that's God. just amazing. Both of, the, both of those parodies are, I mean, I guess the Cape Fear one is like partially a parody of the original Cape Fear, too, but they're both parodies of straight, straight of parodies of Scorsese movies. Yeah. Mm, you're right. Weird. Oh, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, but the, I mean, the, the Cape Third Fear is both. Their of crusting, too, is in that title. <laughs> Different. <laughs> that's true, though. Last Temptation of Krusty, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Cape Fear. We got this freaking psychopath in our faces. I mean, who knows what's true and what isn't? I'm just losing my mind here. I called the vet, and then he died. I told you not to let him out. I didn't let him out! I didn't let him out! It would be unethical of me to advise the citizen to take the law into his own hands. You thought about me last night, didn't you? Good evening, ladies. Hello? I think we're alone now. Where are you from? I'm from the Black Forest. Maybe I'm a big bad wolf. Do you mind if I put my arm around you? Cape Fear, 1991's Cape Fear. Cape Fear. Let's, uh, yeah, let's I love it. this movie so much. I do, I, I do too. I've actually watched this. I watched it twice in the last like yeah, six months. Me too. Yeah. Just because I I think you were watching it like in December, and so I was like, oh, I'm gonna check that out. Not I think not thinking we were I we hadn't decided on doing it for the show, so uh, yeah. I was kind of like almost going like I don't know if I want to watch it again. This is kind of rough. At yeah. It's fucking brutal. But yeah. uh, but I was like, but then I found myself enjoying it again. I was like, no, I'm glad I watched this again. Oh. I, I think it's actually really delightful. <laughs> It is that, but it's also got some of the most uh, upsetting oh, stuff yeah. you could ever see in a movie. Some of it's absolutely terrifying, but I mean, it's so 
it's so big. It's like it's so expressive and so wild. I think that like it's so br- I I like I and I like that it's so fucking brutal because it's like Scorsese going like and I was watching a little bit of the making of on the Blu-ray and he kind of talks about how he's like I thought he's like I thought I would want to do this kind of thriller but then maybe bring some of my stuff to it while also still retaining the the, you know the the clothesline of it being just a, a thriller but yeah. you're like but like i love i love that he like went like oh, i'm gonna take this thriller and like if and he leans into it he's like i'm gonna dive head first into this thing and it's gonna be fucking nasty and you're kind of like yeah that's kind of how it should be because you watch those old thrillers like the original cape fear or others like that and you're it's kind of like uh yeah this, like, they hold they're holding back because they have to and scorsese is like i don't have to hold back he holds I can, back nothing. i can have this guy i can have this guy tear a piece of this uh woman's cheek off with his teeth yeah jesus christ that's a, that's a terrifying he scene. leaves and it all on the scorsese's field scorsese's girlfriend yeah Ileana yeah. douglas he he it's also pretty funny because in in that uh i that watched, I watched that making that of as well and scorsese's he, he, scorsese's pretty funny about this stuff because he'll he's always pretty honest in in a way about this sort of stuff uh but he's he's going like yeah it, it, uh, bob kept uh, bringing me the script and i didn't want to do it and i didn't want to do it i was doing goodfellas so i didn't uh, you know i didn't, didn't want to even think about it but then they finally brought me the, the script to the cape fear and, and i decided okay well, they would give me an opportunity to uh, you know to do a riff on the classic thriller tropes and then but then kind of add my own thing to it but still work within the same parameters and then there's like a pause and he goes and I really owed uh, the studio uh, a movie yeah. <laughs> because of the last Tem- because they helped me out with Last Temptation to Christ, so I needed to do it anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was basically like I had to do I it, mean, but I don't feel like it's tossed off though. No, no, no he, he had to come a, up with a way to justify work, it to himself. But it doesn't feel like one at oh, all. I, I don't think he can. I don't think he can. Do I don't that, think yeah. he's capable of doing it. Which is what I when I first I hadn't seen this t- it's until I watched it in like December, and I it was like, uh, him. This is his version of like phoning it in right. sort of does that make sense i guess yeah. i don't like it's, it's the, not phoning it in i'm trying to think of a, t- a term but it's just like that like his, this is his version of one like, for them of like i guess i have to do this movie almost yeah although he but you know and and he and he gives it and, and yet he still is like he, he's incapable of like of making a movie where he's not a hundred percent invested right like even when it's like he, even when he kind of almost is like eh I have to make this movie yeah but if he's like I guess if I have to I'm giving it my all I guess if I have to I'm gonna meet with a screenwriter <laughs> me and Bob are gonna meet with a screenwriter we're gonna take out all because this was originally made for Spielberg yeah, yeah yeah we're gonna take out all that Spielberg bullshit and fill it in with domestic squabbles <laughs> right <laughs> I take that out take that out take that out and replace it with um, a husband and wife screaming at each other but I mean I do, but I do but, but I do think that that's like what's interesting. That's one of the best because he, about the movie, because he yeah. like t- changed it from like this sort of family where everything's fine except then this guy shows up to like this guy shows up and this family has some problems that they like sort of shuffled under the rug but like now it brings it all back up to the to the top it like boils up again yeah, yeah. um the, i mean the original is i watched i watched them back to back and I, I have to say the original is not very good <laughs> it's yeah it's, I mean, it, it, by by our by standards today, it's very tame, obviously. And but it also just like ha, when you look at all of the things Scorsese added to the story, it just seems very empty. Like, what's the, the, what's different in the original? Because I haven't well, seen it. So. I mean, he's still he's still it's still a, a rape that that he was accused of and and incarcerated for. The Max Cady character is mm-hmm. played by Robert. Rape, Do they Robert use Mitchell. the word rape? No. Yeah. Um. But it's implied, and uh, and he it's not. It's not like uh, uh, he forced himself upon him. Yeah, and it's and it's also like uh, <laughs> it's not like you know you could have gotten me off but didn't or whatever. It's just like he's a bad guy who wants revenge on his lawyer. Okay, you know? who didn't who didn't like get him off right? 
and uh, and there's no like there's no moral conflict on the part of the the main character, the attorney played by Gregory Peck uh, in the original. He's just being harassed by this crazy guy. Yeah, okay, and he doesn't. It's not he doesn't fight with his wife. You know, yeah, uh, they're their, very sunny relationship. Their kid, their is, kid fine. is fine. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, you know, it does have the scene where he assaults a second woman. But it's certainly not as explicit as what you get in the remake. You're kidding, right? Um, there, there is an interesting part of it where, like, the woman won't press charges because she's afraid of Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, in this movie, it's an indictment both of that of the person, but also the system, which is a mm-hmm. recurring thing throughout this movie, where they're going, where like a, yeah. a woman gets raped, and it's like she knows the system; she knows that there is no justice for rape victims right. in it, which is great. She's, actually, yeah, yeah I like, mean, it's not, you know what I mean. And she's <laughs> like, it's, it's, good, no, it's, it's good that they discuss. And no, it's she's awful, she's uh, she's the one. The, the whole thing, like the, the second woman in the original, is just a second woman. It's not. Doesn't, she doesn't know him or anything. Yeah, it's not. It's not like uh, you know the guy, the woman that he's been cheating on his wife with. <laughs> Is, contemplating he, cheating. Contemplating yeah, on yeah, his that's wife the with. thing. But he, but in, but he has, but he had cheated on he her. Has cheated before. on her before. That's right. So like, it's like he's like thinking about cheating on her, and so and he, so when he's mentioned, I was only thinking about cheating with her. Ah, and, then, oh and she's ah, like, hell. Oh, okay, well, like how you thought about cheating on me with those other women, and then did it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, I see. The sto- ah, God damn it. None I can't believe Why do you suspect me of cheating on you just because I did it before? God, come on. Ah, ah, I can't believe you. This guy's sitting out on our fence and you're accusing me of almost cheating on you. What are you going to kill yourself? <laughs> Don't kill yourself. God. Ah. I'm not the one on trial here. That's a good Jessica Lang. That's my good Jessica Lang, and it's going to stay that way for the whole thing. All right. All the stuff where let's get through this. Quick. All the stuff where De Niro's character in in, cave, in the remake like goes after Juliette Lewis. Yeah, not really in the original. Possibly right. the most riveting scene in the whole movie. That's fucking crazy. I mean, she there's a lot of competition. Go. This movie's fucking great. Um, it's ball. I mean, the movie's balls to the wall. This yeah. this movie um, <laughs> this movie is and I I've seen this so many times. I owned it on VHS. I don't know why I've seen this movie so many times. Like when I was a teenager this or whatever. It rules. I, think I mean, it rules. But it, like watching it th- this time, I was like, and I it's not like I hadn't noticed this before. But it, it was it's fucking tense and upsetting. Yeah. Like I, was, I was, I was really wound up by the end of it. Like, really, I think we <laughs> it kind of got my blood rate up. I think as we're as we, I've, I have noticed this about myself as you get older. That you, I feel like I notice that stuff. Yes. I notice that stuff more. Like, I, I, I can't really. I don't really like watching like Clockwork Orange now. But that was a movie I just watched on repeat when I was like sixteen. Right. Like, whatever. And now I watch it and go kind of like, I don't like watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't like what this movie is doing. But like when I was a kid, I'm like, well, yeah, I watch. I watched Clockwork Orange five times today. <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's. I think that's part of it too. Is just like you've gotten older and now you're like, I don't know if I want to watch. Well, this. You've when lived, you're a kid, you've lived you've, some life, and yeah. the, these sort of things might have a parallel to stuff that you've experienced. Well, when, you like know how, yeah. how dark it can get, and it's not all like hypothetical, especially when it's re- when it's done realistically and in, in, in like right. Scorsese. I don't know if realism is basically uh, the emotion. The emotion. Not this movie's not realistic, but maybe the emotional pitch is realistic. Yeah, yeah. Something it's, like that. It's like I mean, I think that like the the scenes where it, the the real brutal scenes are. If not realistic, at least like affecting. They're oh, not. Yeah. This they're movie, not funny. Like takes... the scene with him and Ileana Douglas is not like. In, it's it's over the top, but it's in no way the kind of over the top. Where you're it's like, oh thrilling. my god, I can't believe how how ridiculous this is. You're like, it's like the kind where you're like, I don't want to. I want to look away. And then the yeah. camera does cut to outside, but you still see the it's shadow of him up. like like beating her. It's no less yeah. brutal. It's you know, and that's after you've seen him rip a piece of her face off with oh. his teeth. 
So I mean, it's pretty fucked up. This like but a, lot of, re- but a lot of the thrillers that we do like keep the keep the like they're always about someone being tormented, which is hypothetically a, a horrible thing. But they keep the 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 that kind of intensity at arm's yeah. length because it is supposed to be entertainment at the end. And Scorsese. Bring, yeah, he brings it yeah. fully forward. He wants you to experience this. Like, okay, if a, if a family's trying to be is being tormented by a guy who's trying to ruin their life, it would be an upsetting and horrible situation. I'm gonna right. make you feel that as much as you possibly can. I'm not yeah. gonna try to distance you from that sort of horror. And and this movie was a huge hit. This is a huge <laughs> hit. It's wild. <laughs> it's funny to me because Matt mentioned this to me that like that uh, this is considered that like I think a lot of people I don't know if they it's like shit, lesser Scorsese. they shit on this movie, but yeah. people are kind of like this is lesser Scorsese. And it's funny to me because like. Uh, when he does it, like when he did this same sort of thing later, like a lesser Scorsese sort of taking like, and the source material for The Departed isn't bad, but it's sort of like taking this this sort of like pulp material and going like, I'm going to fucking Scorsese this up. They gave him a bunch of Oscars. But when right. this came out, people were like, well, this is sort of beneath Scorsese. Right. And it's like, you're <laughs> it's like, not what? a classy what, movie the, But at The all. Departed isn't, let's give him a bunch of Oscars for this one. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the, the Departed where Jack Nicholson's doing face plants into piles of cocaine and <laughs> carrying a guy's hand around and in a Ziploc bag. I'm in no way saying that I don't like The Departed. Last time I watched that movie, I've, I came kind of full circle back around being like actually this movie's awesome and yeah. it's awesome in the same way that Cape Fear is which is just that it's this guy who who is like who's like I could do better material than this but is going like but this is the material I have and I'm gonna own this material yeah. Yeah. he's like leaning into it he's like it's like a you know a guy who's the most obsessed movie guy ever going like, ah, how do I make that kind of movie? The most yeah. movie movie ever. And that's what Cape Fear is. It's just like never stops. Like it goes like, he's like on the phone. He's answering that. He's talking to his, uh, his buddy and the guy's like, all right, here's this file you want. He's like, thanks. And the camera's like panning around. It pans over to like his, to like his secretary. Oh, like, God, yes. the, those the scenes. And he goes, it pans back over. He's like, ah, not now, not now. Uh, no, she says, so this is really important. He's like, oh, okay, okay. He answers the phone, and it smash cuts to him in the car, and it's like him in the car, and the camera goes, and like yeah. zooms in on him. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And yeah, he gets home, and she's like, the dog was poisoned to death. And it's just like, the movie never stops. <laughs> so that's your Jessica Lange, right? And the the dog good. was poisoned. Oh, and then she Sounds faints. like Madeline Stowe. The dog was poisoned. But like, no, Madeline all that, Stowe sounds like, like that's one. Of, that's one of the big differences between this and the original, is that like the original was directed by J. Lee Thompson, who's a perfectly competent filmmaker. He made some Death Wish movies. Did a lot of good stuff with Bronson in the 80s like mm. really fun shit um, and uh, that he but he was a, he was like just a you know a, a, a craftsman like a technician yeah. and and not very stylish Scorsese is anything but that you know like <laughs> right. and he just slathers like sometimes he he you know there are things that you can point to that are very st- stylistic sort of tr- uh, ticks that Scorsese may or may not indulge in but this one is just like slathered in style well, it's like oh, yeah. constantly He's just announcing itself. He can't not do it. It's like he—I mean, he's obviously his style is extremely different from Brian De Palma, but it's the same sort of thing. He Mm -hmm. can't do a single shot that isn't like. But he's even doing stuff like 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 changing the skies to these like crazy like thundercloud skies above the house. Just and it's like going stuffs going into negative. Yeah, but I love that because that's like that's like pure like fucking movie making. Oh yeah, it's right. That's like Thelma Schoonmaker gets put to the paces in this. I know all kinds of crazy. I hope she comes back to Scarecrow because I really want to ask her about this movie. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, like one of the scenes that like stuck out for me like stylistically this time that like. Is like a sore thumb, kind of, but like not necessarily in a bad way. It's is it the scene on the fence, yeah, where the fireworks are going off, and I'm like, it's and it's fucking looks amazing, and then I'm like, why are there fireworks going off? Because right. like, f- like five scenes Fourth later, of July? yeah, but like five scenes later is Fourth of July, yeah. 
there's not usually, and they, and they were they're asleep. Yeah, they're asleep. And then, like, but he's out here, and there's a fireworks display going on behind him. Seems like the fireworks I, are being launched about a block away. Yeah, and I'm like, what, what, and, and like, they, I think that they would have, I mean, in, 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 realistically, they would have been like, oh, goddamn, why are you goddamn fireworks? <laughs> They're so close. But what like, the fuck is going on? Like, fireworks. He, they get woke, he gets woken up by something else, and then he has to, like, wake her up or whatever and go, like, or she wakes him up and is like, he's out on the, he's out on the fence. He was there or whatever. Yeah. But you're like, what? I mean, it looks fucking amazing. There's fire, but it makes no sense. Like, yeah. it makes no no sense that there would be a huge fireworks display. And maybe that's just because Scorsese's never been outside of New York City, so he doesn't. Well, this <laughs> this there's a whole thing of of ma- I don't know magical realism or yeah, what? Yeah, there's a, a un- unreality throughout the whole thing, and it gets surreality. Gets, surreality yeah, is yeah. something that gets particularly pronounced, like where yeah. where Max Cady at, at certain points has legitimate Bugs Bunny powers. <laughs> he <laughs> has straight up Bugs Bunny powers, especially during the scene where he kills Joe Don Baker. Yeah, because there's because so. Oh he, no, he, but that's so fucking. But that's the same thing. And I wasn't pointing out the fireworks scene to like as a criticism necessarily that it was no. bad. I mean, it, it looks just, amazing. It just struck me as right. like. As I was thinking about it logically, that like that doesn't make sense. But like, but like the, the Joe Don Baker scene where he's disguised himself. Yes, it's fucking amazing. Well, there's a but there's a brief shot where where Joe Don Baker goes in there and make, prepares himself one of his Jim Beam Pepto uh, drinks. Yeah. Oh, well, my I'd daddy! If you're a cop or whatever, you got to drink one of these babies. He's he's saying that's what goes, my daddy used to do. On, this is what he used to drink on stakeouts. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then he he talks. He so says weird. something to the mayor like, uh, you know, crazy night, huh? He comes and around the corner with the, the gun. And you see the maid. You see her back. Is, you see the back of her. No, but you see the side of her, and it is literally the woman. It is the woman, and she goes, "See, he's hot." And then, uh, and then he, she turns around, and it's De Niro. So it's like ma- it's straight up yeah. magic. Well, no, she doesn't turn around. I guarantee you. No, I, no. Went, I went through it again. You oh, see no. her from the oh, side. No, you see, it well, is you the see, maid. You see her from behind. I've watched it three or four times too. Well, I'll post it online. Yeah, we should I will post it online, son. Well, I mean, you should. I, you should post all clips. Clips of you should post ten I'm clips from this. The, I'm going to post that clip of the cheek biting. <laughs> well, you, I want you to post this one clip if if you have the time. It's it's Joe Don Baker has this amazing, very brief speech. It's basically the scene in the Simpsons episode where he's like, "Anything you do to him is nice and legal." Yes. And yeah. Joe, Joe Don Baker starts going like, "You're scared, right? You're scared, aren't you? That's good. Yeah. I want you to savor that fear." And then he's like, "The South has a rich tradition of fear." Fear of the slave, fear of the union, fear, fear of, the, of Indian. the Indian, and then fear of the goddamn union. And uh, he's like, the South has a rich tradition of fear. I want you to savor that fear. And it's just like such a weird moment. But it also kind of keys into what makes the movie so good because Scorsese took this material that like, originally is kind of a, just a flat thriller and he has turned it into a Tennessee Williams nightmare of like sexual antipathy and like anger. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's, it's like all drip, it's dripping with like this weird sweaty sex and yeah. violence and stuff just co- just constantly even when it's not like nothing like that is happening on screen it's like yeah <laughs> and like he takes every it's opportunity to make dripping. you aware of how unpleasant all of this is yeah, yeah and like the scene the scene at the end where katie is on the boat with them and he's basically saying like i am going to rape your daughter and jessica lang has to like Say no, take me instead, and then she like tries to seduce him a little bit. She's got this connection with him. Absolutely horrifying, and Lang is so good in that scene. God, that it's scene goes awesome, that and scene it goes, goes on, on way too long. And yeah, on it's, and it's on. rough. It is up. It is upsetting. It really yeah. it, like I was just tensed up and stuff. I don't remember what I. I think I just watched some cartoons after this, so I could go to sleep <laughs> afterwards. Well, he's turned like you know again like the original. Katie is just a a, a bad guy who doesn't like his. You know, he's out for revenge, and yeah. in this, he's like he is like. 
yes, he is the the a total villain. Like like in no way is he sympathetic, but uh, he is also like the specter of all of their guilt and shame, like coming to get them. Yeah. Like to to exact justice from them. He's gonna well, send extract him, he's justice gonna from sentence them. him to the ninth circle of hell. Yeah. Well, and and he's doing his Beelzebub like <laughs> like speaking in tongues and he shit. Has to speak in tongues yeah. at the end. Traitors yeah. oh, to God. God. And he's God. God. It's so fucking weird. But this, it's it's like exactly the difference between like Mitchum and De Niro too, right? Is that like Mitchum I, I, Mitchum was fucking great. Yeah, I mean Mitchum's awesome. I love Mitchum, but Mitchum was the type of actor who'd be like he would sh- he would basically show up. Yeah. And be Mitchum, and then be like, "All right, I'm gonna go home." Were we in focus or whatever? Yeah, like he and he, and, and he was and he was fucking amazing presence. But De Niro, like, is like the type of actor. At least you know, not I think not now so much, but you know, he's very old and whatever. <laughs> but like, but like you know, back then he was the type of actor who'd be like, "I'm going to let this role," and he's like gonna make this. He's gonna own this. He's yeah. gonna be this guy. And so it's that kind of thing too, where you go like, oh, it's like I couldn't see Mitchum doing any of this stuff. Most of the stuff yeah. that De Niro does in this, <laughs> like it's a different type of type of character altogether. Like in that, even that scene where where the, they have the three hard hitters come and like, mm-hmm. yeah. like try to, and he like fucking <laughs> those guys all are terrible. Them. They are terrible hospital job guys. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, this three against one, they get their fucking asses kicked. I mean, he and just like, demolishes those guys. But he spent guys. those 14 years in prison turning himself into something more than yeah. human. They fuck him up too, but he's like, not enough, you know? Yeah. Like, they, don't, they don't put him in the they hospital. They don't put him in the hospital. He they walks sure. away from yeah, that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. And the tattoos is like a great yeah. touch, you know. Just like the idea, he, he's I think superhuman. They like, they yeah, like turned, superhuman. They turned him into. They went like, well, can we make this guy that's not just like I want revenge on you? Like what you know, it, he becomes a force of nature. Yeah, you know, and he's and it's like and it's and the movie almost in the first like half hour or so makes you like not that you're sympathetic for him, but it like forces you to go like, oh, because with the whole thing where like he hid this file, which yeah. is like also like. An indictment of our law system is that, like, the fact that he hid this file, but the, that the file the fact that the file would have had an impact on that is, dis- on that, is yes. the most disturbing part. Is that like the file said, like that this lady, this was woman, this woman that he raped was promiscuous, and that that would have had an effect on. And right. you go like, fuck, that's it's so it's supposed to be fucked up that he like didn't give this guy right the, the like his full defense that he deserved. But process. it's also f- but it's he, a, it's over. It was more fucked up that like the fact that if he had admitted that evidence, uh-huh. that like the the jury would have gone, hmm. Well, she was she was promiscuous, so he. He, not guilty or like a lesser charge or whatever. Yeah. Like he would have gotten he would have gotten five years instead of at, seventeen. At no point is the sexual violence perpetrated against women in this movie, and there's a significant amount of it oh, yeah. like treated glibly at all. And not just in terms of like what you see on screen or what the characters do, but like stuff like what you're talking about. Like yeah. it actually does talk about how like what a what a terrible environment this is. But like but for, for a little bit in the movie, like when Max before Max Katie starts killing dogs and being like real psycho, he's sort of just following around and bugging him. They have that whole long conversation where he's in the car uh-huh. and you're kinda like, he's making some good points. Yeah. Uh, that's fucked up because you don't want to be on that guy's side right. at all about anything because he's because like later I mean if you've seen the movie before you know what he's gonna do right. <laughs> you know what he has planned he's not gonna be reasonable but like that whole conversation where he's like how, how much do you want what do you mean how much mm-hmm. uh, how, yeah. how much you, what if I give you ten thousand dollars well let me let me do let me do some math here real quick oh. no 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 just let me do some and he just like and he like maths it out and goes like that comes down to what ten dollars a day yeah I mean and like Max Katie is one of those villains that's like not 
Like as much as as unpleasant as the things he does in the movie is not not fun to watch because right. it's Robert De Niro fucking <laughs> yeah. it's Robert De Niro at the top of his game like going yeah. like I'm gonna fucking <laughs> I'm gonna take this to the he limit. Gets to have a southern it's accent, so good, which is fun. Yeah. So you know, is, the, is this the last time Robert De Niro was ever over the top? Because he's always remember. he's just been doing. What about like Rocky last, and Bullwinkle? I don't. I, I, I don't know. Is he is he doing his patented underacting? And I haven't I mean, he's seen doing, it. He's doing Russian accent. Nah, he's, <laughs> he's doing a voice, but it's not quite the same thing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this, this is the last time that Robert De Niro was over the top and uh, and meant what about it. Meet the Fockers? <laughs> Yeah. Your favorite, uh, your favorite I'm movie. Pretty sure he's not over the he's top of that. What do you, isn't he just sort of like, what, what if I got um, nipples? Do you think yeah, I got gonna, nipples? You want to suck me? my nipples? Down, <laughs> uh, take you down to what, Chinatown. Fucker, you want to suck these nipples, fucker? Milk them, milk them hey, right now. Come here, suck my nipples. Come here, suck my nipples, fucker. <laughs> meet the parents. I never, I never watched past the first one. No, neither did I. You didn't so you didn't get to see meet the little fucker? Did you see? You didn't see the one with your favorite actor, Dustin Hoffman? <laughs> that really blew up. I was mostly making a joke. I know. I thought it was funny, but you know. I mean, Come you, on, suck my nipples, suck my fucker! I wonder if I wonder if Dustin if Dustin Hoffman actually like went back in time to to become a hippie to and then got old and became an old hippie so he could do that role correctly and then was like, you know, I really understand the. <laughs> we're all we're doing some bang up Dustin Hoffman impressions here. I gotta tell you, good. we're knocking them out of the park. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, we're talking about Cape Fear. We're talking right. about how great Robert De Niro is in yeah. Cape Fear, though. I defy you to talk about Cape Fear without digressing into Meet the Fockers <laughs> uh, discussion. <laughs> good luck. Uh, how about he, that shit with the f- when they got the r- road flare melting over oh, his yeah. hand? Yeah. <laughs> so my funny. daddy used to be a snake charmer, and my my my, gra- my great grandmother's drank strychnine. Like there's a lot of stories. There's a lot of yeah, sentences where stuff. you kind of want to hear more of that story. Like, and wait, like, she wait, she what? She drank strychnine. <laughs> yeah, wait, tell all me the, more. All the dad was a snake charmer. And my mom drank strychnine. You go, did she die from it? That's the whole <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah, she just killed herself. How did that give you? The better whole genes? story is that he, she drank strychnine. I guess we're well, we're not gonna know because then he drowns. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the the caliber of violence in this movie too because it's so over the top and oh, then yeah. you get like so yeah you get like the road flare or you get the scene where like those guys try to beat him up in the parking lot and he just like eats him alive. My he personal favorite his, is his belly with a bicycle yeah. chain. Yeah. My God. personal favorite is when he uh, cut and stuff too. He's like he's hurt. Oh, yeah. You see him later and he is like hurt, but he's like forces himself to not be hospitalized. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the part where Jodon Baker is is basically bled out <laughs> onto the kitchen floor, and then Nolte is just slipping around in Ooh. his blood. It's so fucking but funny. That brings us back to the to the to the Bugs Bunny trick, which which you know whether or not the shot, it, whether or not it like works or whatever, is so fucking cool because it's like she's in the corner over here when he comes in, and she goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous," and he's like, "Yep, I'm gonna dump some Pepto Bismol," and then she's like behind him, yeah, and it pans up and it's De Niro, and he's like it's wearing a wig, wig, and he's got her her babe. Outfit on, he like slashes. He like he garrots him, garrots both with the uh, monofilament while he's, while wire. He's garroting yeah. him. Joe Don Baker tries to put his gun up and yeah. shoot him, but he gets pulled into his own head. So, so a you get to see the blood like pouring out of his neck, and yeah. then it pans up to De Niro and a bunch of fucking brain splatters all over. And him. then after that, unbelievable. He, after that, he like talks to him. And he like does like this lady voice, and he's like, "I learned how to do that in prison. How's that?" And he's like <laughs> laughing about it. And you're like, "Well, this guy's because that's at the point this in the my, movie. My granddaddy taught me that one. You like." Yeah. White trash piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, and that's at the point in the movie where like this guy is just like fucking killing people because for the, like the first half of the movie he's like sort of like it's a lot of psychological torture. Yeah, besides I didn't the stuff do with Elena Douglas, you got nothing but, on me. 
And then, I'm, I'm clearly antagonizing you, but in the eyes of the law, you know, ain't, ain't nothing happening. And the one of the one of the line that like really struck struck me this time is um, where after Ileana Douglas gets attacked, and then like I think I don't know if it's the next scene or whatever, but there's a, a line where Nick Nolte goes like, "Katie raped another girl," and he says it <laughs> in a he God says it in a way that's like, like ah, we got him, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's like exactly. it's all, and it's like because the whole movie is suffused with that kind of thing, like this idea that, like you know, and then then he know then he then once he sees who it is, yeah. he's like, oh no. But like up to that point, he's kind of like, all right, we got this guy. Yeah. He's like glad that he did a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. and you're like, ew. This is what we gross. needed to have happen. All right. Yeah, it's really the way he said the way he says the line is just fucking perfect. It's really I good. Think, I think Lee, uh, his his wife. Uh, actually makes some sort of observation yeah, about yeah. that like i don't remember exactly what uh, she says but like what? oh wow great yeah. this is so happy <laughs> yeah i love i love how much she hates him oh they <laughs> fucking yeah the he, she just despises her husband it's amazing <laughs> yeah i mean they're getting divorced after this right uh, i don't who I know because they mean, do fuck at the beginning of it too so no no, no i mean both if, no but i mean by the, attracted at to the end other. of the movie because when the movie ends like the like the daughter and uh and the wife are on like the and are on like the shore like holding each other and nick nolte like slowly like crawls over to them and he just kind of like touches them a little and you're like yeah. it's almost like well, this, the family the movie is totally destroyed that's what i'm saying is yeah. that at the i'm not saying they're but i'm saying after this they're like we are uh we're gonna not be around yeah. you like it's already he's like i'm not part of this like he doesn't i don't remember i don't think he embraces both of them yeah. it's not like ah this made us stronger as a family it's like no you, you this it's very it's I a mean, very Julius, different Julius Lewis talks us. about how the family sort of recovers uh, or doesn't recover about it afterwards it doesn't she doesn't mention divorce or anything yeah she That's just has true. that voiceover she just, she just sort of That's says true. like we don't talk about it i don't dream about him anymore and i decided to just th- to go on living because uh Thinking about it all the time was was like yeah. death or something. That's I actually, very, have it written down. It's somewhere. a very different ending from the original. First of all, the original doesn't have the Juliet Lewis voiceover at all. Like that that that's just a, that doesn't exist in it. But <laughs> I, I like that because it almost is like is she in a classroom at the beginning or something? Oh God, I don't. Because it doesn't cut back to that. It just zooms in on her eyes and then does the negative yeah. image. But like, yeah. I just like it because it's almost like she's like my summer vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the like, or, the original ends with Katie getting arrested. Oh, take yeah. him away! Cool. Toys. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like he has, uh-huh. he has a confrontation in the swamp with Gregory Peck, but then the cops come and. Do they come him. up upon a? The, let him, they let come him up go to trial. Say what? The, the boat crashes next right. to the whorehouse where all the cops are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now he'll be taken care of by our wonderful justice system, which works great. The end, Scout. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not the it's not the best. Uh, I do like the Gregory Peck and uh, and Mitchum uh, cameos and in Martin Balsack. Yeah, they're too. both great. And Martin Balsack. Martin Balsack. Yeah. He's in the original a, too. Uh, I didn't know that. Yep. Who does he play in the original? Uh, he's the cop. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Balsack gets to be the uh, gets to be the judge. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Telly Savalas is in the original, but not in this one. Huh. Bummer. But yeah, I like those cameos. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're just they're. F- I think they're good. I think the Gregory, the Gregory Peck one do. is really good too because he's defending. Yeah, he's, he's, he's defending like a sleazy the guy. religious. Yeah. He's the sl- he's a he's a southern lawyer caricature. Yeah, just That's take really one. Funny. Just take one look, which is funny because he's like uh, it's caricaturing. It's like the opposite of his character from this re- this original movie, but also like sort of a joke on uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, 
You know, <laughs> Gregory Peck is in the uh, is in the making of featurette. That's great. And I, it, it's really it's, good. It's, it's pretty funny, but it comes across. Like, it I'm comes across from credit union. That's a, what he sounds like. A little bit desperate, where he's like, uh, "This is. I was only on it for one day of shooting, and it was the most. I told Marty this was the most satisfying day of uh, work I've ever had on a movie set. And if you ever have any other roles that you want me to be in, you know, please, I need work." <laughs> To me, yeah, see, it didn't sound desperate to me, but it sounded more like you a see jo- him sweating. It sounded, it seemed more like a joke to me that he was like going like uh, that. He was like, you know, if you want me in one of your, like, he clearly thinks Scorsese is a great filmmaker. He's like, if you ever want me in your movie for more than just a fucking cameo, <laughs> maybe give me a call. Uh, I got creditors, but he, was, but he was also like, but he also was like, it was really great. I though. lost a lot of money on the track. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy needs to eat. Daddy needs to eat, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> Steaks ain't cheap. Daddy needs his nose candy. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend's 25. <laughs> uh, She's got expensive habits. <laughs> how about uh, how about that Juliet Lewis in this movie? Oh, I mean, everybody is good in this, but I don't Nominated know. Nominated She might be the standout. Oh, yeah, I think she's really terrific. I mean... Just she, like, this is the this is the original Juliet Lewis role. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, this is why like this is why like Natural Born Killers sure. at the time seemed like so weird. I think yeah. just because you go like Juliet Lewis, yeah, she plays that like nice, the nice sort of little girl. You know, oh, I mean, oh that, well, she's a fucking psychopath. Give her, give her a little acid. That big scene with De Niro, you know, in the in the theater <sighs> is amazing. Like and he the way that he gives her like the Henry Miller books he keeps talking about it like he gives he's, wow sex is <laughs> you know makes her read fucking Tropic of Cancer or whatever the fuck it is she's just, she's just doing this incredible like n- she's both incredibly nervous and incredibly brave I mean the idea of fi- finding out that this is the guy that's been antagonizing your father and staying there yeah. not running away screaming and she's just like really unsure but like curious and horny and all this stuff at the same time it's, yeah. it's, this this scene is it's it's the whole movie like right balled up oh, in the middle God. of the movie you know? and it, this is immediately after the scene where Robert De Niro has brutally beaten and raped and bitten the hole in the cheek of a woman yeah. and so you don't know what's going to happen this is the this is the 16 15 year old daughter right. It's just those two, nobody around, and you have no idea what's going to happen. It's a very long scene. We know what this guy is capable of. Oh, yeah, and it goes on and on and on. I don't hate your father. I'll (laughs) pray for your father, and he's just going on about this whole thing. And it ends with him kissing. Oh, he's putting his his thumb into her mouth. Yeah. Even actually describing all that stuff, the scene is somehow still more realistic than if if she just went like, oh, my. And ran away. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like that doesn't seem. That seems like un. That seems more like unbelievable than like her being. Than this. Like it's like this weird curiosity or something. I don't know. Well, what's the deal with this guy? I gotta, I gotta find on? out. He, I'm somewhat turned on by him. <laughs> so, he is ripped. I'll give him that. He saw my daughter. He attacked my daughter. As we found some marijuana in one of her books. And I know it was Katie who was smoking marijuana. Why would we even her. make such a big deal out of it? You and I smoked a little grass back in our day. I'm chill out. I smoked an ounce of grass this morning. God damn. I, I think, I'm fucking flying right now. I think everybody. Uppers, downers, black beauties, yellow jackets, <laughs> sidewaysers, diagonalers. Fucking love it. Upside downers. I do I do pot to come down off my heroin. <laughs> God damn it. Got a whole cocktail going in my veins right now. Got a case of gym beam. Just to, just to get me normal. Just to get me normal. Just to wake me up. 
Nolte, I think Nolte is great in this too. Oh, oh, man. Man. Nobody's not great in this. Well, there's yeah. all the scenes like where he amazing. just takes eight balls of cocaine and just puts them into <laughs> tumblers of whiskey and just drinks it. <laughs> but I think, I think Nolte is like is like pitched very high in this, but understandably, yeah, because the source material. I don't think it's like a it's like a Nolte performance where it's like, why is he acting like that? It's like it like makes sense. But uh, but yeah, he's but he's fucking great. Everybody's uh, great. Jessica Lange's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I lo- Jessica I l- Lange's always somewhere like right. You can't tell. She's somewhere right between horny and about to have a complete breakdown. Yeah, she's like apoplectic the entire movie. Ugh, Not without shaking. cause. Everybody's smoking. Like at a certain oh, like so she much smokes smoking. a lot, and then at a certain point, Nick Nolte starts smoking, and she's kind of like, "You're smoking twice as much as I am ever since you started up." Like, God, God damn it! Hear about it. <laughs> it's hard to describe how like I mean, if you've seen people who are listening to this have seen Scorsese movies before, you know everybody. You've seen Goodfellas and stuff, but right. this is pitched. This is like all of the intense scenes of. It's like this right. is like the helicopter scene in Goodfellas, but for the whole movie. The whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, it really is. no, it really is. But it's like, but it's hard. So it's hard to describe how like because that's one of the joys. Of this movie. Except not fun in that same way. It's fun in a totally I mean, different way. Yeah, but it's still no. But it's like same energy. That yeah. same like that Manic. same like where you're like afraid and excited at the same. You're like ah, uh, something bad is going to happen. Uh, ah, but for like two hours. But he. But like it's. But it's hard to describe how. That's one of the joys is like how v- the visuals of this movie. I love how it looks and like is shot and edited and everything. I mean, and I could say that about any Scorsese movie. But it just all. I don't know. It's all like a little bit. Over the top. Mm. It's all a little. It's all pitched a little high, it's really but not. High, I think, but not like so high that that scene with Juliette Lewis and him in the school Can't exist there. Yeah, is like that's that's slow. It's slowed down, but it still is like fucking intense. But yeah, so it's not all. But it's like still a little heightened. I don't know. Magical. About, you said uh, magical realism. But I don't know if that's but like heightened. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah heightened, I don't it's know. like heightened. To me, it's like that Tennessee Williams hot house, like yeah, emotional yeah. pitch that yeah. he's brought to this, and the visual, the visual quality that he is like he's made sort of a surreal like visual texture to the movie the fucking score which is the the original it's the score from the original movie it's the same score. composed by bernard herman conducted by elmore elmer bernstein and it's so much Jesus. better in this than it is in the original oh hell yeah i mean it just it seems like i associate it with this movie and not the original um the, the music is absolutely like it's almost like he made this movie to f- perfectly fit that music because the music yeah. is over the top and it's constant like <laughs> Like it is super hy- hysterical, yeah. and then the and then the movie actually fits it too. Well, that's what I think. That's what he. That's like the genius of what he did is that he was like, I'm gonna take this thriller and really make it into a thriller, mm-hmm. as opposed to the you know thriller with quotes around it, like we usually see, where it's sort of like is a sort of thrilling a little bit of the time. Scorsese's like, well, if you're gonna make one of these, why wouldn't you just make it? <laughs> right. Like it feels it feels <laughs> like he's kind of almost like going like. And you like the score is part of it. Like you listen to that score, and he goes like, "Well, why would you just make something that like yeah. is sort of, you know?" It's like every time I watch uh, one of these old spaghetti westerns with like some some fucking piece of music that Tarantino stole, right? Like the like in Death Rides a Horse, there's right. that song, and in Kill Bill, Tarantino uses it to this this fucking great scene where then uh, Uma Thurman is leading up to her killing like fifty guys or whatever. Right. And it's like, well, this is fucking intense. And you see the, where it originally came from, and it's like this beautiful, amazing piece of music over this guy riding a horse across. A desert, right. <laughs> and you're like, fuck this shit. The guys leave Van Cleef, but he's you know, it's a wide shot. Who fucking cares? You or know, like this, the, the same but, thing with the, but with the same Bill, thing. like in, in when he uses the music from Il Mercenario. And it's like it's just a regular gunfight in a fucking yeah. spaghetti western, and then Kill Bill, it's like she's digging herself out of her grave. Yeah, yeah, it's like the exactly. most triumphant thing. But, ever. but it's like, but it's like Scorsese listens to that score yeah. and goes like, and he's he makes a movie for that music. Yeah, he made a movie that like that like is is the same pitch of that like, burn, 
for it's like that for two hours. Jesus, you know, it, uh, and, and it start. This movie starts out keyed up. I mean, this movie. I mean, first of all, you get the credits, and then you get Juliette Lewis going going something like, "I never really thought about how Cape Fear might sound like a scary name. It just reminded me of summer <laughs> vacations." Anyways, here's the most fucked up story you ever heard. Yeah. And then it's and then it's Max Katie getting out of prison. It just starts, and yeah. then it so it starts. Well, it's out, him. It's him doing. It's him doing the. the I mean, the the, the famous shot of him like he's uh, uh, like doing, doing a, dips. Is that, yeah, he's doing he's, like the dips. Like then he dips. walks into the camera. You know? He walks, he walks into the camera. That's like two minutes into the movie or yeah. something, like three minutes into the movie. So, he walk, yeah, right he walks, away. He walks into the camera and like the storming around him. I mean, if you've seen the, <laughs> it's the same shot of uh, Sideshow Bob. In, Immediately uh, yeah. begins his plan. In uh, the Simpsons one. <laughs> there's there's like a thing that I appreciated yeah, watching like, it this time because De Niro was in his 40s, I, I'm pretty sure, when he made, probably his mid-40s when he mm-hmm. made this. Yeah. And, uh, and he's, he's in incredible shape. He's in incredible shape. <laughs> but you know how people these days in movies are in incredible shape and they just are? This movie, he's always exercising. Yeah. He's even exercising when he's doing other stuff. So it's like that's actually what you would have to do to sustain that sort of thing. It's like, true. He he is doing shoulder dips, and then they're like, "All right, Katie, you can go." <laughs> so he just finishes yeah. his his last rep and then leaves prison. Yeah. And then later on, he's talking to Juliette Lewis, and he's like upside down doing like yeah, fucking yeah. crunches. When you see, yeah, because it's like when you see, you can like, never stop. If you're in your mid forties, you can never stop working out. When you to, see to maintain like that body. Paul Rudd or Chris Pratt in like one of these Marvel movies and they're yeah. supposed to be these guys who are like lazy cool dudes yeah. and then they take and their shirts off ripped. and they're ripped you're like that guy wouldn't look should, like that he should be doing crunches well, constantly he would have to be doing crunches constantly Captain America I would believe it because that seems like he's that guy would, that's, all, that's all he would that's all he would do and he's a genetic freak but like I can't I can't imagine Ant-Man sitting around doing crunches <laughs> all the time you like, have to be. <laughs> he would have to be to look like that. That uh, that opening with De Niro doing all his workout and like w- going into the camera this time. It, it's this is gonna sound weird, but it reminded me of the opening shot of Star Wars with the yeah. ship going oh, over yes. the camera, where you're just like, oh shit. Well, no, and I think <laughs> like, that's coming because that was. <laughs> I remember the first bad. time I saw Star Wars in the theater. Well, Ninety seven was the first time I saw the original one on the re release, and I've seen it a million times on video, but. Seeing it on the big screen, where like the big the big ship flies by, and an even bigger one comes by, and you go like, "Oh boy, we got a movie!" <laughs> like you know, like I'm if you're either in or out right then. Right. And that's the same thing with 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 De Niro. Like walk, there's like a storm behind him in the prison walls, and he's like, ah, and he walks into the camera. You're like, "Well, this is." I this mean, is going if you don't, if if this is if this isn't for this you, you should probably like turn trouble. the movie off right now. <laughs> he does that this a is lot. Be... He does that a lot. He has like these uh, these special effects skies. Yeah, yeah it looks so looks awesome. like poltergeist. So yeah. we're like gathering clouds over the. There's over a the great house one over like the house that. where it's. Where I think uh, when they're setting up like the monofilament wire right before he kills Joe Don Boy, Baker. Boy, that sure doesn't stuff. work. But there's like a. Re- it's like the sky is <laughs> like the sky is like red. Yeah. Over their house and shit. It's Ugh. like this. Re- it's this color that the sky never is. Yeah. You know. But it's like fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Means means a poltergeist <laughs> is coming. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm happy that Scorsese does did and does these kind of things. I think that sometimes it's less successful. I know Travis, you don't like Shutter Island. I do not like Shutter Island. But I think Island. it's 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 I the same it's the same kind of thing. He does these movies like this where it's like uh sort of like ah this is a genre exercise almost. Yeah. It's like I like this kind of film and I'm going to do my version of it. Um but I I mean I, lo- I love I love this one. I've watched <laughs> I don't know there's just it's I was like I don't really know if I need to watch this again cuz like you I watched it around yeah. 6 months ago and then like I watched the original and was like fuck I don't you know I'll watch Cape Fear again. <laughs> 
And I, like 15 minutes into, I'm like, I'm so glad I sat down to watch this again. I, it's like so thrilling and it's so exciting. It's, it's, it's really great. It's I mean, I think it's, you know, unless it's New York, New York, it's always worth watching a Scorsese <laughs> movie if you've seen it in the last six months. Which I also do like, but I don't know if I'll I, I plan on watching I, it again. That was, that's the only, I watched it not too long ago Me and I was too. like, I, like I, was it, like, I don't like this movie. I think it's bad. Well, De, Niro, De Niro's I think character De Niro, is so repugnant. De Niro is particular. I think he's very bad in the movie and I'm just like, he ah. is. God damn it! It's and it's that period where you're like he could do whatever he wants. It's like one of those movies where it's like at least in Cape Fear anyway. he's supposed to be the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> God sakes, that's and that's a th- yeah in uh, in New York, New York. He's like he's not as bad as Max Cady, but he is like the worst. He's like kind of the he's worst guy, guy ever. Yeah. And you're like yeah. we're supposed to like him still. I think I don't know. Maybe you guys lay off the cocaine or something. <laughs> 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 See, I'm I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Look, this is what I'm fine. I'm, I'm like this is this is how I am. I'm fine. People were good. We're good. Martin, Martin Scorsese is fascinating to me. Um, just like the, this movie, possibly more than any of the other ones, where where you're like, this is a. And I don't want to take too much from a person's art and apply it to their real life or anything like that. I know sometimes that means more than others. But Scorsese, whenever you see interviews with him, and I know that he's different now than he was in his like coked up seventies day that informed a lot of his his work after and before. But like he's such a placid, tranquil guy, and <laughs> yeah. he's, he seems. If you ever watch those doc, you've all seen those documentaries where he's like his journey through film yeah. and Italy and all. He seems it, like yeah. the most, the warmest, like a kind, gentle man, a kind, gentle man. And this movie is like the the Where work. Did this of, come this from? movie's like the work of a troubled soul. Well, it's the same. If it's same, if you watch Casino, and ca- Casino, like a lot, of, a lot of his yeah. movies uh, they put a. He he loves fucked up relationships like yeah. screaming matches between men and women i know he's been married seven or eight times but just like <laughs> it's so hard to imagine scorsese in a screaming match with anybody there is a uh, yeah and i mean uh and he's talked about it i saw him talk about like after casino he was so disturbed by the violence in this movie he made that he didn't want to do he was like i can't do violent movies like that anymore <laughs> Jeez. he's like i can't do that i can't do that again but like he's he so did. he's so committed <laughs> He's so committed to his uh, to the what the story needs to be, and I think that's the thing is that even if it makes him uncomfortable, he's like, well, we have to tell the story how the story's supposed to be told. Yeah. So Max Cady has to rip that girl's face off with his teeth Ugh. because that's the part because that's that's gonna make because then that's gonna make Travis go. It's one of the mo- one of the <laughs> more think, disturbing scenes you'll ever see in a movie. And I think that there's like there's like it's there's truth there or whatever. I don't know, you know, some highfalutin thing that Scorsese. But you know, it's not just he's not making it just for salacious intent to like he he in, in he's in interviews he will even say like the violence in my movies disturbs me. Right. And you're like you made the movie. And he's like I know. Well, none of I mean, as fun. <laughs> I have to do it. As I exciting, had to do it. <laughs> as exciting and as fun and as like silly as this movie can sometimes feel, it's never glib. It's like no, 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 not at all. No, the movie is. Uh, a hundred percent sincere yeah. about what it's doing, but it is over the top and fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, he is also like making I'm a movie. Trying to make a fucking thriller here. He's yeah. making a thriller in a movie. He's not Michael Haneke, who's like, I right. want you to kind of not like my movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like this he's is, not like this is a. Punish- I want this- you to hate my movies my as movie- much as I hate you. <laughs> my movie is a punishment of you. Right. <laughs> this is supposed to be like taking medicine. You are accursed for coming to the movie. <laughs> right. Choke down the medicine. Like yeah. he he wants you to also like the movie. Yes. You know, it's like uh, it's. I I feel like it's like Bergman that way who I think people like he has a lot of movies that are about very serious things but whenever I watch one of his movies I'm like this is some good movie making right. like this is also a guy who's like I enjoy the act of making movies and I also enjoy watching movies so <laughs> I want to make movies that I'd like to look at as opposed to like you know it's not a fucking slog <laughs> 
but it is sincere about all this like yeah. violence towards people and also you know the indictment of the the, the justice system, the justice system. Yeah. everything you know and and it's all in the in the wrapped in this like and fucking yeah. thriller this stupid thriller you know where it's like this guy gets out of prison and wants to kill this family that's the plot the, that's the plot of the right. movie. But it's, it's he's added all this subtext into yeah. it, you know, the justice system. The world being a completely hazardous place to be a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That uh, I just wanted to, uh, before we get to ratings, I just wanted to talk about that. I mean, uh, we talked about it a lot, but this the, but these, this movie came out around the same time as Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. And uh, and, I, and the, a bunch of friends of mine saw those both of those movies before I did. And they would talk about this scene where he bites the Ileana Douglas's cheek, a hole in her cheek, and uh, the scene in Silence of the Lambs where that guy throws jizz on Jodie Foster. <laughs> and 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 I would hear about him and just assume that they were lying, that my friends were lying to me, <laughs> or they'd be like, and then he bites his cheek off, and I would be like, yeah, all right, but I'm sh- okay, sure, but that no way that happens, right? And the same same as with like, there's no way a woman gets jizz thrown on her in right. a movie. I just don't believe it. And then you see it. Like that's how fucking keyed up these these kinds of movies are. Where you're like, I can't even believe that that would be in a movie, right. and then it is. Yeah. Well, we'll be talking about Demi in a bit here. So, yeah. oh boy. Uh, yeah. Ratings. Okay. Can you do ratings now. You have quotes. Uh, you just, a few just quotes? a couple. I mean, quotes. this, this movie is, is amazingly yeah, it's well. It's very quotable. Movie. Yeah. It's. I mean. I mean. And we. I mean. I don't know. We. We, we didn't talk. We don't need to talk about too much. But like Scorsese. I mean, Scorsese. Everybody knows Scorsese. Sure. Yeah. He's a, He's fucking. I'm, I'm excited that we got to talk about They're it. They're great at that age, aren't they? All those discoveries ahead of them. He's talking about teen, like teenage girls. It's disgusting. Ugh. You ever been a woman? Some fat, hairy, ugly hillbilly's wet dream? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course I have. I, I grew up in the 60s. Come on. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking, speaking of God damn it, uh, there's just a, a funny a scene that I've always thought. I mean, there's actually funny stuff in this movie, too. We're, ta- we're talking about how disturbing it is, but it's like uh, it's all things. At the well, same the slide time. whistle noise when he slips on Joe Don Baker's blood is a little inappropriate, <laughs> but I'm, I'm for it. I like it. I yeah. like it. It's, a, it's an interesting move. <laughs> uh, but there's a part when uh, he, he's, he's in a fight with, uh, with Lee, uh, with his wife. And then he's just sort of like, oh, you gotta, oh, come on, I've been yelling at each other for like 45 minutes, but uh, I mean, I'm scared, and uh, come on, let's now let's just go to bed. And then it cuts to him, and he's on the couch. And, and he goes, he goes oh, this is classic Nick Nolte type stuff where he's like, ah, oh, great, ah, this is something else. This is, oh, this is all. Shit! <laughs> God damn. Just classic, Fuck. classic Nolte fulminating. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, I think that we talk about how disturbing is and how it is. It is sincere in its storytelling and it's not glib, but it's also very fun. Yeah. it's a movie. It's it's Scorsese making a thriller, and it's like he's like he can't he can't make a movie that's that's one thing. Right. Well, <laughs> he's, yeah, like, he's incapable of making. I mean, Taxi Driver is a hilarious movie. <laughs> it's got right. funny. It's, it's got jokes. It's got jokes in it. Well, like right after Joe Don Baker does that speech where he's like, you know, the South has a rich tradition of fear. It cuts to a television that's showing all that heaven allows. Yeah. So it's like he's constantly doing stuff like that. Well, he's there's always all got kinds TVs of, there's in all the background. Kind of, got, yeah. This movie has clips from Problem Child yeah, extensively. That's true. That's, the, that's the movie they go to see where he's laughing in the theater. That's it's right. Problem Child. It's got the and Ben Cut stealing video from Jane's Addiction. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all kinds of great stuff like uh, that. I, yeah. All right, ratings. Four Judds. Mm. Four Douglases. Mm. Just and for that Juliet Lewis scene alone. And the Ileana Douglas. So stuff. much of it. Just as, ugh. Yeah. 
the scene with her talking to him at the bar is even like creepy uh, before before the like assault scene because it's just like I chopped my wife in fifty two pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're fl- they're flirting together is really creepy, Ugh. especially because you know and what's then coming. Her description of like why she can't testify uh, is like is yeah. like one of the Heart- more dis- that scene is heartbreaking because it's like that thing where you go like oh fuck yeah, yeah. that's not good. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give that uh, 10 out of 10 stepped on rakes. Yeah, baby. <laughs> we didn't... Uh, <laughs> what, wait, uh, before we get before we get to, to two more uh, ratings, I just wanted everybody to rank the Cape Fears because mine would oh. go Scorsese, The Simpsons, Simpsons, and then I haven't seen Daily the other ones. So yeah. I haven't seen that. No, one hundred percent. You're that's that's okay. gonna be yes. Okay, that's hundred percent. Just making sure. I'm just and making like, sure we're on the same page. And I haven't seen. I didn't watch the original Cape Fear, but I imagine I won't like it as much as the no, other two Cape Fears. I would also <laughs> say that it's it's. Po- I mean, I agree with that assessment, but I would also say that uh, it's possible that the that the Scorsese and the Simpsons are just flat out tied. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I have seen. The, I have seen the Simpsons Cape Fear a lot more times than I've seen this the Scorsese ones. So. It is one of the greatest episodes of the show. Use a pen, sideshow Bob. V Bart V. No, nobody who no, speaks, speaks German, German can be a man. Gah. <laughs> Buh. Buh. <laughs> Homer, those aren't words. Uh, I'm giving it five Juds. I mean, right. I, I, just, this is not. A, I don't know. This is a, I can't think of anything wrong with this movie. It's perfect, and this, is, this might be the twentieth, twenty-fifth time I've seen it. It's you know. Balls Damn. to the wall, crazy, intense, insane movie, but there's there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. I got I got no complaints. It's fucking Cape Fear. Yeah, uh, I give it three Juds because three it's Douglases? Douglases. sorry, three Douglases. It is like sleazy as hell, um, but particularly the the scene with uh, Juliet Lewis and, and De Niro is just some of the queasiest <laughs> shit, and obviously, but it's uh but it's all. It's all in good fun. Clothes on, you know. Scorsese. There's no actual nudity. Or yeah, no really. nudity or anything like that. You know, um, and I'm gonna give it. Uh, no, there was one I was gonna do. I'm not. I'm not going with that one. <laughs> no. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it ten out of ten thumbs in the mouth. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm. You know, I'm gonna go four and a half. Mm. Juds. The scene. The scene on the boat towards the end. I think actually has a little. Like long, just goes on too long. A little bit, I think, a little bit. Like towards the climax, just because the movie's so amped up, I think. If, yeah. He's yeah. like got him on trial, and then he fall, he gets burned yeah. and falls off the boat, and then pops back on, and the trial continues. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, I, but uh, that's I love that. That's not. Ba- it's not bad. I don't yeah. know. So I mean, it's like I could go f- a four and a half, five, whatever. <laughs> it's it's like this you movie must is, choose. I'm, I mean, it's a four and a half, right. so I'm going with that. Uh, I'm going four Douglases for the same stuff that. Matt talked about it. The whole movie's just sort of creepy. Yes, it it's is. It's just all, it has this gross feel to it. Even at the very end, like I was saying, when he goes up and is like, I'm going to touch my man a little. You're like, yeah. you're like eh, this, is, this isn't working. <laughs> this is a broken thing. Um, That's kind of fucked up. And I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 uh, improvised blowtorches. <laughs> when Juliet Lewis blowtorches De Niro's fucking cigar at the Fantastic, end. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> great shot. Special effects that and they use for that, fucking just too. starts him on fire. Yeah. And he's and it's, it's pretty funny, too, because he, he gets a, a boiling water thrown in his face, and then he does the flare, and he's like, I can't feel any pain ever. And then he just burns. He's like, all right, that hurts. Yeah. That fucking hurts. Right. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
And I'd like to reiterate before we move on to just that this is the, this is the kind of thing that I love where like these master filmmakers are like doing trash. Yeah. I feel like I was I was texting Matt and it's like with, with junk food like this, how why why would you ever need a real meal? Again? Right. Exactly. Like if I mean like and this is Scorsese. You know I think at the time you read reviews like Ebert gave it like a good review, but he was kind of like is is this what Scorsese should be doing? Kind of and I mean he's you know he's not wrong, but at the same time totally wrong right like you're like yeah scorsese <laughs> should be doing better stuff but also if he has the time look we'll do man, this too <laughs> let's let's not get hung up on on the idea that a movie needs to be classy exactly <laughs> <laughs> and we're not well especially not on this podcast oh my fucking, yeah. yeah speaking of low class oh what's next diabolique diabolique let's get through this one as let's quick get as possible this movie. Oh, fuck this movie i didn't have to get married to have lousy sex no i did don't you run away from me! Am I alive? No. You're dead, this is heaven, and I'm the Virgin Mary. What happened to your eyes? Your husband was in one of his moods again. It's not right. Wife and mistress being so chummy, especially since she knows. We're never gonna be free until he's dead. Killing him is a good thing. Yeah, just like our last episode, we had two. <laughs> we have two movies made by master filmmakers yeah. and one made by a dumb, like nobody that nobody likes. Well, I guess Danny Boyle's not quite as bad as Jeremiah Chechik, but still, <laughs> director of Benny and June and the Avengers and the Avengers, not the one that you're. Th- well, maybe the one that you're thinking of. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking, but uh, the one with Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman and uh, and, and Sean Connery. I watched the original of this not too long ago. Yeah, I loved it. It's great. The original's still great. I watched it too. The Clouseau, yeah. It's 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 from the director of The Wages of Fear. And it that that one is like sort of the template for like thrillers mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Like you, you watch that movie and you kind of sets up like how these <laughs> it is not the not necessarily the rules but it has twists and turns and like it's like don't reveal the ending and you know, yeah. I don't know. It's just fucking uh, it's it's just solid. It just does what it's supposed to do. Well, and every scene leads to the next scene and then it has an ending that like makes sense. And then this movie I mean, we're gonna spoil. If you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the original Diabolique, I would say go out, stop listening, go out and watch that because we're gonna spoil the ending of that one because we have to to talk about how the and ending uh, of this one fucking ruins the, the ending of that one, which is a classic ending. And the problem, the additional problem with that is that the last thing that happens in the original is there's a title card that literally says, "Please don't tell anybody the ending of this movie." Right? Really? So yeah, the the original awesome. Diabolique ends because the movie the so the movie is called Lady Diabolique. Yeah. The the little the little devils basically. Um, the, the remake is just called Diabolique, but the the title card at the end of the original says, "Don't be one of the Diaboliques. Like, don't be a little devil and tell your friends the ending Aww. of the movie. You know, save save the surprise." So we're gonna have to spoil that. So you should watch it. It's really good. So stop listening wish, to this and watch that movie. Yeah, I wish I watched out. it because uh, then I would have been able to see a fucking good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's this, really good. And the, uh, and the and the original too. I've read a few different places, and I don't know how if if this has been corroborated by the creators of Columbo, but that the detective in the original Diabolique leak is sort of like, the basis of sort Columbo. of the basis of Columbo and then Kathy Bates plays the character in this one and it's not <sighs> you don't really see the Columbo in her I, in this although like Kathy Bates if they had done a Columbo uh, reboot in the 90s would have actually been a pretty no, good casting for Columbo I will say I, I did not like this movie very much but I didn't like hate it because it's just not no, there's not enough there to hate but I do think that uh, that Bates and Sharon Stone are both really good in it 
Uh, I didn't like Kathy Bates much in it, but I, I thought did. she was funny. She's I probably liked, the best part, but that's I li- not saying I, much. I, I liked I liked Sharon Stone kind of, and I enjoyed uh, Chaz Palminteri because <laughs> he like because I just it was more like one of those things where I'm like this guy is bad. He's bad right now, but I am enjoying watching him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Where you're just like, okay, keep going. The unstoppable going. and irresistible Chaz Palminteri. <laughs> Ladies the, can't the poor get man's it. Joe Montana. <laughs> Ladies can't get enough. They, Palminteri. <laughs> like that scene, a little this, veal palmentary over here. <laughs> that whole scene where he's like, be, where he's like being poisoned and drunk at the same time. I just, I just couldn't won't stop go down. He won't go down. It was really funny <laughs> to me. Won't go I, down. I kind of liked some of this movie because I feel like f- for like the first section, even though like palmentary is not great, it's like kind of it's following the original pretty straight, and mm-hmm. it's hard to fuck that up, kind of. Um, but like I don't know, it started to fall apart at some point. And uh, who's the the other woman in it? Johnny is, Isabella is Johnny. Johnny. She is not not great. as good as she is in she possession. Is, she is not great in this. She's a very uh, a, ma- a mousy a character that is so mousy and meek that to the point of sort of like why do I even fucking care? I mean, the character in the original is like that too, but they've exaggerated all of the they've exaggerated so much of the stuff in order to make this what would have been perceived to be like. A more sort of a, a a heavier thriller to make it like exciting, right? Um, it works in the original because the characters there's like th- they're, they're the archetypes, yeah. And I feel like it it works better than in this where I f- they're I don't know they're trying to give them some character or something. I don't know. They, it just not, never quite works. But our second appearance of Spalding Gray, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. and he's barely in this. And, sadly, and our first appearance of J J Abrams. Oh God! First and only, <laughs> I hope. Is it Jeffrey Abrams? He's as Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Abrams. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Abrams. Abrams. He and Donald Logue are two documentary filmmakers who yeah. are making a, a promotional video about the school at which a lot of this takes place. Well, yeah. and it's only because in in the original, there's like uh, a later on in the movie, there's like a photo that surfaces, mm-hmm. of, and it's like, hey, look, it's the dead guy in the photo. And yeah. in this, it's these documentary filmmakers who have the footage, and they go, hey, look, isn't that the dead guy right. in the window right there? Well, which is, let which me is, re- let me rewind it on our video thing. <laughs> Look, take a look it's at a it. huge problem in this movie too, because in the original it's just like, oh, somebody took a photo, and in this you've got to have like four scenes where you yep. set up what these guys are doing. They've got multiple dialogue scenes there's, with with him and Donald Logue. There's scenes, there's <laughs> scenes like, with him and Donald Logue in none of the, none other, of the characters, other characters, and you're like, why am I watching this? Yeah, it's there's ridiculous. a whole scene where they're just at an editing bay, and I'm like, why is this part of the movie? Yeah, there's a scene a where J.J. Abrams calls a couple ladies dykes. <laughs> yep, <laughs> so that also happens. That's a thing. <laughs> dykes. Like, yep. oh, all right. And then he, there's also a scene where he's directing. Yeah. He's like directing oh, the documentary. I like to think that's how he directs. Director in real life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the scene you mentioned, though, like, is another thing that I thought was not necessarily good, but interesting. And it's that they did try to add some kind of like subtext in this movie of, of, of sort of like sorority, of, of, of women having to look out for each other and themselves. Yeah. It's in here. It's just not very well done. Well, I think that it. I think yeah, and I think because well, the plot of it is that like they these two women. There, there takes place at a private school, and like a boarding all, school. If the you most, haven't seen, the if you most haven't seen coveted any of these, you should, private school ever. Every, everybody wants this school. Yeah. Again, you should. Again, uh, I can't stress enough that if you haven't seen the original Diabolique, you should w- stop watch listening it. this and watch that, and don't watch the new one. Because it does because it sucks. Having having watched this one and not the original one, I can't imagine what the big deal. Because I guess I know what the ending is, but but the, it's, the, just, it's, it's just who it's just that it's better. It's just well done. Yeah, yeah. it's not the ending because it's just well done. I'm just saying that the we're gonna because the whole plot is just one twist after another, and yeah. so it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch it unfold uh, in the original one. Not as fun in this one because it's just not a very good movie. Yeah, 
Um, but like the plot is just that these two women conspire to kill. Well, there's okay. Chaz Palminteri, who's yeah. the who he's not the she's the principal. Well, he, no, no, no. He's the head. Is he the he's, head no, here's how it works. The principal. She's the here's, principal. And Johnny's the principal. And she owns the school. She owns the school. In the original, he's the headmaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in this one, he's like her husband. <laughs> he's her husband. <laughs> she hates him. He's a he's an absolute monster. He's, he's, he he chooses the menu for some reason, and, and, and it's apparently all disgusting food. I did not I did not get catch that he's not the headmaster in this one as well. Yeah, she is. No, referred it's to mentioned as that the she's principal. the principal, but it's later in the movie, and oh, okay. I was, and I even went like, did they just say she's the principal? That's, I was, a, that's a note that I have. It says she's the principal with two question question marks. Yeah, and I said it out loud because I was watching with some other people. Because <laughs> at, at, at a couple points in the movie, someone goes, "That was a sexy little principal." Or they refer to her as the principal. But it's like later in the movie. It's not early on, I don't feel yeah. like. Yeah. Anyway, it's set up Because it sure doesn't seem like she's in charge. Nope. <laughs> not <laughs> once. Well, she. So Isabella Johnny teams up with Sharon Stone, who is a teacher, at, another teacher at the school. Who, who he's is, sleeping yeah. with. Who he's sleeping so with. It's a boys' school for, yes. for like uh, tween boys. And little man and Tate. And two... Is Little Man Tate Little Man Tate is the perfect kid who's peeping on him. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and two super sexy uh, uh, teacher movie star teachers and Spalding Gray and And Spalding Spalding Gray. Gray. (laughs) Um, So she she and Sharon Stone conspire to murder Chaz Palminteri, and their plan is to uh, lure him away from the school, drug him, poison him, drown him in the tub. And then uh, take his body, put it in the swimming pool, and make it look like he got drunk and fell in the pool yeah. and drowned. At the swimming pool is not a great plan. Yeah, it it's, a, it's in fact maybe one of the worst. Well, it's uh, a terrible plan because history. because you can't drown him. You can't drown him in the tub and put him in the pool because the water wouldn't have chlorine in it, and they'd figure out that he was drowned somewhere else. Anyway, yeah, uh, you know, I watch a lot of forensic files. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so they they conspire to do that, and uh, then things sort of go awry. They get to, they show some ample evidence of like how shitty Chaz Palminteri is. Oh yeah, first two, like the scene he's, where he's like making her eat. It's really weird. It's, it's such it's a, a it's weird a, scene too. That, that's in the original. Is that I know, original? but I don't remember it being bad in the original. Like, well, the scene is bad in the in the new one. But that's what it's I mean. The same thing. But happens, I mean, yeah. but in the original, I remember feeling like, this guy's a real dick. Yeah. But in this one, I was like, this scene is weird. Uh-huh. Like, it's very weird the way he's like, no, no, just go ahead and go ahead and eat, go ahead and eat it. And it's partly because Chaz Palminteri is doing something. His he's power, trying. his power move shit in this doesn't make any sense if he's yeah. not the headmaster. Like, because at least in the original, she's when par- he's apparently like, his boss, right? And at well, least, and it, well, in, at least in the original, he's the headmaster of the school, and she's a teacher, even though it's her money. She, he's also like ordering everyone around. Like he's like, there's the two other teachers. In this case, it's Spalding Gray, and I forget who the other yeah. guy is. But there's two. There's also two like meek male teachers in the original. And he's always like, "You guys can't go on vacation because I'm going on vacation. Someone needs to stick around and look after these kids." Or he's like making them discipline the other students and stuff like that. He's somehow still in charge or something because he's like the face of the I think school. Just because he dominates her. I didn't. Yeah, like I that. thought he's, he was just still the headmaster. I, wasn't I mean, paying attention. I don't know that he's not the headmaster, but it's definitely specifically mentioned that she's the principal, right? Which could be a totally different title. I don't know. That, she that owns was... the school and is the principal. Those, these are two things that they say outright. Yeah. yeah. Because like the, the concern if she divorces him because of something that some sort of agreement that they signed when they got married is that he gets the school or something. Right. I don't know what it is. Uh, but this, this is disgusting. Uh, this is to show you how repulsive he is. This is like in front of people and stuff when they're all eating together and he's like telling her to eat this disgusting food. Apparently he cheaps out on the food and that's one, one of the many things they want to change about how he also runs the school. I don't fucking get it. But he's like, just pick up your fork. Pick it up. Put the food in your mouth. Swallow it for once in your life. 
Jesus Christ. Fucking gross. And then she gets mad and storms away. Or she gets she gets she starts crying, gets up and storms away, and then he goes in and then he goes in and fucks her. Yeah. Because there's a whole thing about how like um, you know, Sharon Stone and his uh What's her name? It's Isabella Johnny. Isabella Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, uh, they hate him and they want to kill him, but they there's they can't stop fucking him because yeah. he's, he's a fucking fuck god. I guess it's Chaz Palminteri. It's Chaz Palminteri, of course. <laughs> could you stop everybody? Fucking that? Everybody I needs a little not. Chaz in them. I could not. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna Chaz. Oh no. <laughs> What was this line from Jade? I can't remember now. Somebody else. Oh my god! Oh, that's right. He's oh, he has some disgusting. Too much line sexy Chaz Palminteri on this podcast. They uh, can stop. So anyway, anyway, they get him. You, you they, mispronounced not enough. So they so they go through with this. <laughs> right. They go through with this plan, but then like, it's then like little things start it's, happening. It's a terrible, well, the first, it's a terrible the first plan. thing that that happens is that uh, when they they have this basically made it so they're they're hoping that this uh, the groundskeeper will discover the body in the pool when they're going to empty the pool. And that because the, because video, of the guys video guys want, want the them to fill a pool so that it has so it's nice for the video. Right, but, but it, right now the pool is full of like dirty, gross water. So because before we, they even get him to the pool, I just wanted to point out there. There's a long, long scene where they're drowning him in this bathtub, mm-hmm. and uh, and so he's like knocked out on whatever ju- the juice the, that they put in his whiskey. Yeah, and so, and he's like, Ugh, and she, she they finally he's like unconscious. They take him into the bathtub. He comes back to life while they're trying to drown him. And I would love to see a recut. Because you could do this, where it's just like the rest of the movie is them trying to drown him in a bathtub. Because this scene goes on and For a long on time. and yeah. on, and you're like, just uh, why does it have to go on so long? It's bananas. Yeah. yeah. And then they and then they explain that apparently, oh, well, I guess spoilers already. Just because yeah. think about this while the rest is happening, because this is a staged drowning. So and, and you don't see any of this, but apparently Chance Palminteri had a little tube in his mouth, uh-huh. so he wasn't drowning. But you. You see him drowning. There's no tube in his mouth. Right, doesn't make I, any it's sense. Fucking dumb. Yeah. Anyway, so he's in the. They they end up throwing him into the pool, and I somehow he's. It, this is also part of the plan, and he's. I guess he's got a longer tube, <laughs> in his mouth now. Right. Yeah. This they, is the one of those the, things where they tell you what happened at the end, and you're like, that still doesn't make sense. Right. I mean, it's pretty much the same, except that there is a lot, a lot less forensic stuff in the in the original, and like. But it, know, I think it, it, I just think the original works it because it's just present. Sense. It's like a matter of fact, like thriller. Yeah. It's not like I feel like this is doing, trying to do something more visually or something. So that's yeah. why that scene where she gets where he's drowned is not is like way more dramatic. Right. Somehow. It's like he's. It doesn't. It's like does that thing where it's cheating. Right. Whereas I feel like the original, you could go back through and go. Not really. It's not really cheating. It's it's more. It feels more fun. Whereas you get to the twist at the end of this one. And it's like, it's like who gives a shit? What? <laughs> That's what you're doing. Plus, plus, then they plus then they blow that by yeah. having it turn into a whole other, a whole other thing. dumb thing. There is um, there is a, a, a weird recurrent, and I don't know if this is in the original, but where he like when he his quote unquote drowned in the bathtub and he comes out of it, he's got white eyes yeah. like little oh, yeah, orphan, that, like the, little orphan Annie. That's in the that's in the that is in the original. Too. Okay, because yeah. this is a very strange. And there's a there's a one. thing there's a setup at the very beginning of the movie too where that Isabella Johnny has, a like a weak, has a weak heart. Yes. She's got a bum so, so, I mean, a whole bunch of stuff happens. This detective, uh, Kathy Bates, in this one, starts poking around. Private detective. Because she at this gets, point, she gets hired At this on. point, they, everybody thinks that the husband is just missing. Yeah, they don't know where he or he Because like his body disappears him, from yeah. the pool, and so nobody knows where he is. Right. This dead body turns up. Isabella Johnny goes to, to see, like, is this, his, is this a dead body? It's, it's not. It's not him. Because they were like, somebody must have moved his body from the pool. Yeah. That's the only explanation. And Sharon Stone is going like, I don't know I thought either. That scene, I don't know what's going on I either. thought that that scene was actually pretty funny, too, because she goes, like, they find this news report that there is a body found. Yeah. And it's like, 
she goes to the police station and she's like, I need to see, I need to see that body. I think it's my missing husband. And they're like, the first they're a little skeptical. They're like, really? I mean, I could, you know, can you describe him? And she's like, well, he's about six feet tall. What was he wearing? I don't remember. And they're like, okay, you can go see the body. <laughs> Appendectomy know? scar? No. Yeah, well, they exactly. Go see the body. Exactly. They have to ask her the, twi- the trick question about that. And then, so it's like, okay, I guess she's for real. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> it's so weird. This is a pretty, pretty funny scene too, where they take, where they take him in there. And and then the body's like covered in mm-hmm. a sheet, and she's looking at it, and then they and she's like, uh, and then they pull the sheet, and she goes, oh no, <laughs> and they go, is that your husband? And she goes, no. no. <laughs> You're like, well, that was a pretty strange reaction. <laughs> I'm just you know sad about the death in general. Uh, sad that a guy died, even I, if I didn't know him. I gotta run out of out of here in hysterics. It should have been, been just a skull, like a skeleton under the blanket, <laughs> yeah. and he screams at her. <laughs> Or he, or he turns over to him and goes like, "Gotta smoke." Join, <laughs> join me. <laughs> and then, but it starts, then it starts tap dancing. But, but when he when he moves his mouth, it goes click, 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 click. <laughs> what do you have to say there, Bouncy? <laughs> He's got a like Groucho Marx, Groucho Marx nose and mustache, and he's smoking a cigar. That's the crib. The magic wire went hundred dollars. Welcome, kitties. <laughs> this little tail. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Now then, Kathy Bates like worms her way into the employ of. So then, like Isabel Johnny's basically sort of forced to hire this lady to investigate this crime that she knows. Yeah, is you know, and and part of it, I think, her plan here is like, well, it'll throw her off because right. now I'm having, I couldn't not hire her. It would look weird. So now she'll. So now this lady is this other is investigating this murder or this disappearance of her husband. Um, and also, Isabella Johnny at this point doesn't know where the body is, so I guess that makes her more. Yeah, they give all the fun. They, they're not great, but they give all the fun lines to Kathy Bates. This is like the only character that the movie's particularly interested in. Uh, there's a running thing that just brought up multiple times about the fact that she had a boob removed mm-hmm. because of ca- cancer. Um, but Sharon she, Stone she hates points that, that she, about her. She, Sharon point. Stone points it out. She's got one boob. Like, I, hate, uh, I hate people who flaunt that survivor shit. And yeah. you're like what? <laughs> but uh, Kathy Bates says this about her her family. She just sort of goes on and on because uh, uh, Isabella Johnny doesn't talk much, uh, and she goes. My family never two boobs in a coffin. And you're like, you got to admit that's something. Good line. That's something to say. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then uh, this is just a couple lines. The way that how she talks is like that. She's kind of funny. It's men, how do they sleep at night? They have sex. That's how they sleep at night. <laughs> and then she's talking about this restaurant that they're eating, and she goes, "This place, Jesus, it's no Sizzler." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would like to go to a Sizzler again. That's about as good, good as sizzler. the movie gets, right there. Yeah. And well, here, and here's another. This line. movie, it's no Sizzler. <laughs> here's another. There's a lot of like really bad dialogue in this that that like sounds hypothetically on the surface like actual dialogue, and then you think about it, and you're like, wait, what? And this this re- recurs over and over and over again. But this is one where uh, I, I think Kathy Bates is talking to Sharon Stone, and she goes, "This guy gives gives prick a bad name," and then Sharon Stone <laughs> goes, "What doesn't?" That's, like, that's amazing. Good point because pricks is already okay. bad, and then I don't. They've know. given the word mob a bad name. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, there, here's an, here's another one too. Where it's just sort of like one, one person will say a thing, and then another person will say something that's hypothetically related but doesn't work at all. <laughs> but this is this is Chaz in an argument with Isabella Jonti, and he goes, "You try li-, and he's referring to her, of course. You try living with a fucking angel. It's easier living with a dog." <laughs> A, it's easy to live with a dog. That's the whole point uh, of dogs. You don't live with my dog. 
But it's not like God. I'm living in the dog. It's right. fucking hard. Yeah. Why do people, I have it? People get dogs because they don't get them because like this is gonna be something that's really difficult for me to have. Oh, living with a dog is <laughs> the worst. And then she should have re- got that angel. Why did I get a dog? <laughs> and then she replies, "I'm not your little dog guy." And you're like, "Yeah." He goes, he go, just "Don't said call that. me guy, friend. Don't call me guy, friend. I'm not your friend, I'm not buddy. Your friend, buddy. His, his name is Guy, and it's hilarious every yeah. time they say it out loud because they keep calling his name this is guy. guy who's not really dead. Guy, guy who's not guy. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> I'm not your dog, guy. Uh, so it turns out he's not really dead. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And well, he, the whole it turns out that the whole thing was he's not really dead. He's not really dead, and it was a scam. And Sharon Stone and Chaz Palminteri's whole scam was to set her up to think he was dead yep. with this murder plot, and then when he so she would have a heart attack, so that she has yeah. a heart attack <laughs> when he turns up uh, with the zombie eyes. Yeah. Yes. To scare her to death. And I'm telling you, in the, I mean, in the original Les Diaboliques, it works. It works. She dies because, it, but, I mean, the, her, the, the, but oh, I mean, but I mean, the whole thing works more because it like becomes more of like this psychological horror movie. It yeah. feels it's like this is this is so sort of bland the whole time. I don't know. It feels like in that one, it's like it's like what's happening. You are in her head more, and she's like kind of going crazy about it. So when she sees him dead in the tub, and she's like, "How did he get there?" And then he comes out of the tub, yeah. and she like dies. She like has a heart attack and dies. Yep. It like. Uh, and then and then she so that's what happens in the original is that she he comes out of the bathtub and she dies and then they're like great we did it and, and then, then like the, 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 the Columbo's there and he's like eh, not so fast and like gets him <laughs> uh, yeah. that's one more thing yeah and basically yeah excuse he, me sir and he's kind of been the, he's kind of been that that Columbo esque character where they've been like oh, this fucking guy yeah. this fucking guy who keeps being here I just watched this John Cassavetes episode of Columbo which is fucking great and Cassavetes is so exasperated by him constantly he is, he is very irritated by him that's how the <laughs> real the one where Cassavetes is a conductor yeah. yeah that's one of my favorite episodes it's, it's got it's also got uh, it's got Blythe Danner in it and that's right. Pat Morita hmm. and uh, George Gaines uh, Commandant Lassard it's like one of those yeah. ones where you're every and uh, Myrna Loy Myrna Loy it's like one of them where yeah. you're like man this is like a ton of people in it crazy anyway yeah. Anyway, Columbo's awesome Columbo's show. great. Don't watch. Di- don't Blythe watch. Danner looks don't watch Diablo so much like Gwyneth so Paltrow weird. in it too. It is eerie. Oh, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I mentioned that to Sophie while we're watching. I'm like, that's Gwyneth Paltrow's mom, and she goes, "Oh my gosh, she does look exactly <laughs> like her." <laughs> uh, uh, watch Columbo, everybody. Watch it's Columbo. Don't watch. Don't this. watch. Don't watch this. Uh, so so, and that's what happens in the original is that that happens, and then um, does he take a- does he take contacts out? Yeah, of his clear. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, he has it's like very strange. In he this has movie. like weird. I mean, it, that's the thing is that like it's hard to explain how it works in the original and not here because it's the same plot. It's the same. It's stuff just happens. a matter of what the filmmaker chooses to show. But it's you. like you watch. You know, it's like Clouseau doing it and uh, whatever the fuck the director of Benny and June Benny doing and, it. Is Benny two and different, June. And this movie <laughs> is also things. shorter than the original. Yeah, it's pretty short. You know, because 90, ninety-seven minutes. That has a little more things with like the other teachers and like there's a little there's some there's more red herrings and more there's, char- a lot more there's setup, like character a lot and more setup in the, in the original one than it's there slower, is here. You know, it's an older film. It's but, yeah, it's, it's slower, more measured. It's more deliberately paced. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but so then at the end when that all when it when the reveal happens, it works better, I think, because it sort of like builds to this as opposed to this, which is kind of like just here's how these thrillers go. It's yeah. sort of just as just like paint by numbers thriller, except then that that happens. She doesn't die, and Sharon Stone, for some reason, has decided... She like, has a change of heart. Uh, I don't want to be well, bad. Well, she's, she's like driving away, and she's got this money yeah. that's also involved somehow, and Isabella Jantia knew about the money, mm-hmm. and then they kind of like... They're, they're, they have a pseudo-sexual romantic relationship between Sharon Stone and Isabella Jantia that they're very chicken shit about. And then she, and Sharon Stone's like, well, we pulled off the scheme, and I'm driving away. And then is it, she finds that Isabella Jantia has put the money in her bag, and she's like, oh, she was... I, I can't do this. 
And then she just goes against, goes, turns her yeah. back on the whole elaborate plot that she, her and her husband, or it was her lover, it, her lover had concocted this whole time. And I'm different now. I've changed my mind, and so I'm a stupid. good it's, guy. It's, it's just to have this dumb, this dumb. It's to have like an action scene at the end. I mean, granted, it does end up with a is it a shovel or a pickaxe in in uh, sh- a rake? Head. It's, a, it's rake. a rake. Yeah. And so I mean, that's, and, but that's the only good it's thing. The only the, good the, thing. Although the whole ending is fucking dumb, and then he—I mean, that's dumb when he gets a rake in his head, but it's awesome. Yeah. Because it's like all of a sudden a rake in Chad Palmentary's head. But before he gets the rake in his head, they're struggling in the pool, and there's more like unsuccessfully drowning Chaz Palmentary. They're like, if you didn't, if you didn't get enough of yeah. tr- failing at drowning Chaz Palmentary in that one seven-minute sequence earlier, here's more. Two ladies <laughs> fail at drowning two, Chaz Palmentary. But then they succeed at drowning him, and then it's like because. But then they, they hit him because he comes back up and they hit they, him with the rake. Yeah, yeah. But they work together to kid him and stuff, and it turns into this dumb girl power thing. It's not quite as dumb as that one shot in Avengers Endgame where all the girl superheroes <laughs> are in a line, and they all go, we've got this. And then it cuts away to, uh, I don't know, if they don't do anything. doing push-ups or something. But like, it's, <laughs> Well, he's staying in shape. <laughs> but like, uh, it's not quite that dumb, but it's almost as dumb because it ends with, that, like, not only do the two women team up, and then Isabella Gianni is apparently like oh we're still friends even right. though she's just learned that this woman had plotted this whole elaborate thing and f- totally fucked up her life to murder her steal and then, her money and then, then kathy bates shows up who's the cop who shows up and is like yeah you know what men are dicks and you're like you're a fucking what the fuck is going no, on kathy bates goes up to isabella jaunty punches her in the face and, and, and jaunty's kind of like what and she goes that's so it'll be more believable when you say that it was self-defense that's right and then uh, Isabella Jonti's talking to Sharon Stone, and Sharon Stone goes, I just wanted you to know I'm sorry about this whole plot that we had against you to betray you and all. And, and Isabella Jonti goes, goodbye. Yeah. So they're not going to be friends afterwards. No, but it's but it's like, but she's also like. It's, it's one of it's one of the more yeah. nothing endings you'll ever it's see very, in a movie. It's very dumb. It's, yeah. just, it's just like, wait, what? And, and they, what were the Kathy Bates, what was her character's motivations? <laughs> like, because. Cause she's like she's working for free. I might add. I guess she says it. She'll I'll even do it for free. I just want something to do. Yeah, because she's not. She's not even. She's just like on medical leave. Yeah, she's bored. It's absolutely a, the movie that when and it, then when it, when it cuts to credits at the end, you just go. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but then, so the Kathy Bates character's like, I'll do it for free. I'm on medical leave. She shows up at this place, gets shoveled in the head and knocked out during this whole. Uh, you know, the whole when the whole plot is revealed, shows up at the end and then is just like. You know what? Whatever. A whole bunch. She's like just. She's like learned just now that a whole bunch of crimes have happened. She watched these ladies murder this guy, and she goes, "Yeah, that's fine." <laughs> yeah. You I, know what? You know what? I don't like him either. I didn't know him. I don't know that he was a dick to you, but I'll punch you in the face, and then when you, it's like this. It doesn't make any. It's like fuck. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck happened? <laughs> it doesn't make any goddamn sense. And we never find out what happens to J.J. Abrams. No. <laughs> no, he disappears from the movie. Oh, you, we, all, we all know what happened to J.J. Abrams. He went on to create Felicity and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> he went on to direct a handful of hey, overrated still, movies like until Lost people still. eventually realized that he sucked. He went yeah. on to direct the best episode of Lost, which is the first episode. That's mm. right. <laughs> best thing he ever directed. Other movies. Everybody check out, if you if it can, is it on Netflix? Is Terriers on Netflix or Hulu or anything? Nope. If anybody's listening to this, it might be on FX now. I have like a, I have like pirated copies of, of all the episodes. Yeah, well, yeah. But, if it's if it's on, it but, might be uh, on the FX Hulu thing. Uh, if anybody's listening to this, Don, because Donald Logue isn't in this a lot, but Donald Logue is is always a joy to see. But mm-hmm. he, uh, everybody watched the show, the TV show Terriers. He's great in it. Great show. J.J. Yeah. Uh, Abrams has nothing to do with it. It was just yeah. Donald Logue is great in it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I got just a couple quotes. They're constantly 
They they just can't settle on what kind of person Isabella Jati is because she's an ex nun yeah. who uh, and that comes up a lot. But uh, but at one point Sharon Stone like slut shames her and goes, uh, "You should keep praying. Wear your knees out that way for a change." <laughs> ah, okay. Jesus. Um, this is this is Kathy Bates once again talking about men. It's not your fault. It's men. Testosterone. They should put it in bombs. Interesting. Interesting take. Uh, and I, I thought this—I thought this was kind of funny because this is after Sharon Stone spearheads this whole murder Chaz Palminteri campaign, and Isabella Jonti's like, "Ooh, I'm kind of freaking out about this. I don't know. I, I'm not." And she's like, "You got to keep it together. It isn't like you burned the toast. You killed your husband." <laughs> and closest it comes to good dialogue. This movie sucks. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I, I don't think Sharon Stone is particularly bad in this. In fact, she's like perfect for this kind of role. I just think this movie not bad. bad or good. She's like she's, she's you doing, know she's, she's a blonde. A she's thing. the blonde. You know, mm-hmm. well, I mean, she's done this before in better and better movies yes. and, and, and worse ones. And worse ones. Oh yeah. Oh, a sliver worse than this? I guess. Uh, no. no. I'd rather watch Sliver than this. Yeah, one hundred percent. That way, Sliver ends with that UB forty song. Great, great song. <laughs> and, or you could watch the alternate ending to Splinter, to Sliver where they fly into a volcano together. <laughs> yeah, either one. <laughs> either ending of Sliver is bad. Get a <laughs> life. So weird. <laughs> Ratings. Uh, I don't know, like one and a half Judds. Mm. Uh, maybe two Douglases. Yeah, there's some yeah. nudity at the beginning. For a movie that like is like kind of, se- I feel like it's like supposed to be sold on this like that it's like an erotic thriller. Like mm-hmm. if they if they're and the fact that they're updating Les Diabolique, which is by the by, by the by nature of when it was made couldn't be like explicit. Mm-hmm. You'd think that the remake that they're going to do oh they're going to do that in the 90s, you think it'd be like way sexy. hornier. Yeah. You know, but it isn't at all. <laughs> but no. you know, you got you got all the Chess Palmentary sex talk uh <laughs> and, and so forth. The scene where he like where they have sex after she runs out. That's pretty gross. Uh, and I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna do the rake thing again. I'm ten out of ten rakes to the head. Fucking <laughs> a, fucking a. Let's see if we can make it three for three. Mm. I, don't I don't think there are any rakes in uh, the I next don't think one. So. Not that uh, we'll, we'll check my notes. I don't think there's one rake in there. Yeah. <laughs> not or not rake one. I mean, Denzel Washington is very rakish. <laughs> That's true. Undeniable. Good. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna give it one. Okay. I'm gonna give it one, Judd. I mean, and, and it might just be because uh, that this was sandwiched in between. Two exceptional movies by exceptional filmmakers, where you never are ever questioning why this movie was made or the agency <laughs> behind it. This is one of those movies that feels very much like nobody wanted to make it, and then they just farted it out for and why? You know, like it was a huge bomb, cost forty five million dollars, and Trusted made nothing. To the likes of Jeremiah Chechik. Trusted to the just it's it's one of those quintessential like you didn't need to make this why did you make this also there is this yep. it's already a thing <laughs> and it's a classic just bananas uh, i'm going to give it i'm going to give it two and a half douglases i mean there is some nudity at the beginning but then uh, there's it's two very, scenes where Chaz, very briefly there yeah. are two scenes where Chaz Palminteri Terry makes out with somebody and they and it is disgusting <laughs> it is hard to watch <laughs> He's just really opening his mouth super wide, and you feel bad for the actresses. We got to get more Chaz up in this joint. <laughs> I feel like the Chaz will be here them. palmentarily. I feel like whenever Chaz palmentary shows up in a movie, it just it just ups the gross. There's been a lot of Chaz because he's always he's always some sexy dude in the movies. <laughs> what about in Mulholland Falls, where he's like? Kind of the dumb. Oh yeah, that's right. Guy. He was just a dumb guy. In that's that right. One. He's forgot. got. He's like actual maybe mental. Yeah, he's a, deficiencies. He's got some kind of problem. I forgot about that. <laughs> 
And then at the end, he actually gets shot, and he's like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> I've been shot. I'm dying. I didn't know. You shot, uh, the, you shot the Chaz. <laughs> you got Chaz all over the place. You got Chaz all over the place. I'm going to Chaz all over. I'm going to Chaz all over I'm you. I'm Chazzing in my pants here. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to give it uh, two Little Orphan Annie contact lenses. Nice. Uh, I'm, yeah, one, one, yeah, one and a half. Uh, I don't know what the half's for. I kind, yeah. I think it's because I kind of enjoyed. I, enjoyed I kind Kathy of enjoyed Bates parts. I think I enjoyed it up to a point at the beginning of the movie. I was kind of enjoying like the, the where they kill him and stuff, where uh-huh. she poisons him. I was enjoying parts of it, even if it was from an ironics. But at some point, I just sort of tuned out. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, two Douglases because of it's kind of it's kind of has some dirty talk here and there, but nothing really. And. Uh, oh boy. 10 out of 10 uh not the dead husband. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. I don't Whiff. know. I don't know. Swing and a miss. I buddy. couldn't think of anything from the movie. JJ Abrams, Throwing 10 out of 10 JJ Abrams. 10 JJ Abrams. 10 out of 10 Jeffrey Abrams. Ugh, 10 out of 10 Jeffrey Abrams is and he is smoking in this movie too. There's a great where they're like <laughs> yeah, it's him hot. and Donald Logue like sitting there like smoking cigarettes at their like no little garage editing booth. Yeah. Where they have like a printer, where Kathy Bates is like, "Can you print out that frame for me?" And they're like, "Sure." And they just have a photo <laughs> printer. And you're like, "What?" We spared no expense on this bullshit promotional film for a boys' school <laughs> that we're spending weeks working on. Apparently, oh, uh, ten out of ten. Yeah, ten out of ten. JJ's ten out of ten. Jeffrey Abrams's. Mm. Mm. Sorry, sorry, I couldn't think of it. This movie is so uninspiring. I couldn't think <laughs> yeah. of a part. We we just got done talking about it, and I couldn't think of a part from the movie. Well, there's a much more inspiring movie that we can talk about now. Yes. Thank God. That, thank God that one's in the middle. 2004's Manchurian Candidate by the great Jonathan Demme. When I sleep, I dream. I don't want to dream. <sighs> Something happened out there in the desert that night during that mission, and it's not what we thought it was, and it happened on my watch. We've been down this road with you before, yes? No, no, sir. Not this road. <laughs> Sergeant Shaw, you ever dream about Kuwait? Captain Marco! How much do you actually know about your friend? I served under him. He was a good man. That's what the neighbors always say about serial killers. A movie that, much like Cape Fear, I think is vastly superior to the original. Although the original is still much better than Cape than the original Cape Fear was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the original- Frankenheimer Manchurian Candidate is very good. I think this movie is really great. I think this movie is more interesting. Yes. For sure. Like, Den- Demi's... Up up to something more than just making a very cool thriller, which mm-hmm. Frankenheimer fucking did. Demi's almost always up to something more. Yeah, don't don't take this as being me knocking the original Manchurian and Candidate. It has been a while since I saw the original Manchurian Candidate, but is it that, like, are they being brainwashed by communists? Yes, or, it's communists. Okay, that's what I thought. Chinese communists. I feel like this one, yeah, right. this one feels... After, it's after the Korean War, so yeah. 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 This one both feels more relevant to even today, mm-hmm. but also but also quaint mm-hmm. because of the way the politics work in this. You're like, fuck! It's almost like somebody watched this movie and was like, got the 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 bad guys that are in charge now watched this movie and went like, I've got an idea. What if we just tell everyone we're doing yeah, crimes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like these these sort of conspiracy movies from the early two thousands, mm-hmm. like uh, post nine eleven ones, like this are 
almost quaint to watch now, like, because you're like, this is, the bad guys just don't, they just tell us what they're doing and nobody can do anything about yeah, it yeah. now. That's something there's that I've, no, no, that there's I've been no noticing conspiracy. a lot lately. Like, I rewatched, uh, there's one that there's one that came up recently because uh, somebody did a, uh, uh, that guy did one of the unloved on it called uh-huh. The Siege. Okay. The Bruce Willis and Denzel oh, right. movie that Edgewick did. And pre-9-11. That's, it's pre-9-11, but it's like, he thought that this the, the person that, that did this uh, this video essay thought that this was like a positive point for the movie. It didn't work for me at all, and it's that like they use these they use these terrorist incidents as, as a pretext to like start rounding up you know uh, people and putting them in internment camps and all of this stuff and and suspending the constitution and all of this shit. And at the end of the movie, yeah, like everybody's held accountable. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that seems. Terrific! Like I expected this movie to have like weird ra- issues of like race and representation. I expected it to have like a token Arab guy who was like a good cop. The siege, you're you know, the about. siege yeah. and all that stuff. What I didn't expect was that it would be hopelessly na- seem hopelessly naive now that oh, like yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that like people would be held morally and politically accountable for all this atrocious shit because that just doesn't seem like a thing that happens anymore. That right. all that is, you're talking about the siege that happens in this too, yeah, yeah. right? That's, Which that's is what he's a, talking a about, huge yeah. a huge weak part. Yeah, I, I, it's weird. I, I remember now. having the exact same ratchet. I, I thought, I mean, this movie definitely, I hadn't seen it since I saw it in the theaters, The Manchurian Candidate, and uh, I had this same impression, though. I mean, the rest of the movie I felt differently about, but that ending is is such horseshit. <laughs> it like, I was, I was going to I was gonna have pretty, I was loving this movie, and then and it got to the ending again, and I'd probably knock it down a whole star, mm-hmm. because it's just, it's just sort of like, what? Yeah. What is this bullshit? It's very weird. Everyone gets held accountable. Everyone. It's insane. Yeah. And it kind of invalidates, like, a lot of the stuff is invalidated, like what Kevin was talking about, because all this stuff where the government and this this shade, shadowy stuff that's going on is certainly evil and scary and malicious, but it's also competent. Right. And you're like, because yeah. that's what, what people would think would be like, you right. know, there's hidden doors and the vastness of this conspiracy and, and the money and all this, uh, the elaborate technology that's used to warp America. Right. You're like, they, no, no, nobody can do any of this fucking shit now. Everybody in charge is stupid. Well, like, why they w- just do it out in the open and nobody gives a goddamn yeah. because their supporters will believe whatever they tell them. Like I was watching this and I kept thinking, like, this movie would be great if it had an Adam Curtis uh, narration right. track over yeah. it. But then I was also thinking, like, geez, even those Adam Curtis documentaries seem almost like naively like <laughs> ho- hopeful hopeful is the wrong word but like that there's that there's so- that there's even something going on yeah. besides just like a bunch of fucking morons are in charge yeah. <laughs> who are a bunch of hateful racist morons are in charge right. and so it's this movie was like ultimately like kind of it, but it, was, it just seemed quaint like the t- of the time period but also like at the time i feel like it, it almost seemed too Two on the nose or something, where it was like, "Come on!" And now you watch it and go, "Yeah, like, exactly." Oh, I wish. Right <laughs> during the Bush, I fucking years, wish this was what was two, going yeah. on. In two thousand four, when this came out, it got knocked for going like, "This conspiracy is a bit out of line. It's a bit weird." Yeah. You know, they're brainwashing people with implants and stuff, and it's sort of like, and then it, it, it got to a point, like, you know, probably pre-Trump, where it seemed, like, pretty dead on, like, really prescient. Yes. And now things have gotten so bad that it seems, like, not prescient enough. Well, because now, because yeah. the whole point of the, the whole conspiracy is that this, this like, this multinational corporation will own the United States government. Yeah. Which is terrifying. But now, like... <laughs> Now it's a corporation just, it's like, it's owns like, the U.S. government, but it's like a shitty one. It's like Burger King. It's like Burger King brought, bought the presidency. Yeah, and you're exactly. like, geez, the 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 third best, <laughs> right? Burger joint. Couldn't we get Wendy's to buy? Not the even Wendy's. Yeah, <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese bought the presidency. Fuck yeah, it's like that. Yeah, and they they actually and did just go and bankrupt. They're bankrupt. Yeah, there you go. 
And it's that Chuck E. Cheese where like none of those animatronic things work. Like one of them does. Right. Like the animatronic <laughs> band, only the drummer is working. It's like how Blockbuster but died off and got replaced by Netflix, which is somehow <laughs> worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It fucking, yeah. So, but, but during the Bush years, especially during the kind of run up to an execution of the Iraq war, you could be excused as thinking that maybe the government was... A malevolent, of course, but also like hyper competent because mm-hmm. they were they were drumming up lies. They had everyone on their side. They, you had shadowy like Blackstone and was Blackstone the born identity? That's Treadstone. 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 It's black, but something. it's black. There's, there's an black actual Briar one too. Black Briar, but there's an actual real one yeah, in the real world. I forget what it's called. But it was like Halliburton and, yeah. and Blackstone, whatever the fuck it is, and it all seemed very shadowy. In 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 the years since they they were able to keep a good conspiracy of silence going on, but in the years since, if you ever read any t- stuff about this time all those people were fucking idiots none of them were hyper hyper competent yeah. it was all just because everybody was was such a whore yeah and, 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 they, and nobody, they all fell for the pretext yes exactly um but that but it still seems wildly competent mm-hmm. <laughs> compared to what we have now right right so i mean that's all like that how how the movie holds up in that regard but uh, otherwise the movie i think the movie is but like, there's but it's jonathan demi so that's only yeah. just a tiny piece of and what I, the yeah. actual and movie i think is. as and i think on the surface as just a movie like taking all that stuff and like that's sort of just how we feel about it now. Plus, this came out like right b- just before the uh, 2004 presidential election, mm-hmm, yeah. when we all when we all <laughs> naively <laughs> hoped Bush wouldn't get reelected. Yeah, that on was, Matt's birthday. That was my birthday that year. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was the <laughs> darkest time that I actually experienced. And boy, it got way worse. Yeah, um, sure did. It sure got worse. But uh, but like the rest of the movie, I think is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I think it's, it's amazing as like, as like a as like a thriller and like just Jonathan Demi, what he brings to it. Um, like, is exactly why Silence of the Lambs is still considered a classic, right? Despite it's like empathy, I, despite like yeah. I feel like Silence of the Lambs now you people we watch it and it does have some some certainly some problematic, uh, sure, stuff that is from the source material mm-hmm. as well. But like, I think a, it's, another, a, it's, a, it's a classic. Another Demi director would have made it worse. Like, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, uh, you know, uh, Ridley Scott did make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. you know, sure. Like I'm just saying, you know. No, yeah. I mean, like uh, other directors have tried their hand at that kind of stuff, and like, eh, it's not, yeah. you know. But I think Demi has like that nice that touch. But he's also great. But he also is like in a way like Scorsese, where it's like, well, I'm not going to hold back on the thriller parts either. Mm-hmm. Like he still wants you. I mean, to- he's a classically exploitation trained exactly filmmaker. You yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those guys both came from through Corman. Mm-hmm. Um, Demi made a ton more stuff around that period than than Scorsese. Like he made tons of exploitation. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, but they both they both yeah, came, yeah. they both came from so they're both there there is that like that thing in in both of these directors that are like we well we can you know we're still gonna do that part of the movie like that's the movie that's the movie i'm making it's not only supposed to be this commentary on uh modern politics it's also a thriller (laughs) yeah there's a this movie begins in quintessential Jonathan Demi fashion because uh, with a Wyclef it, song. It's well, it's, there, there's that. <laughs> I a. like the Wyclef song. I like it. Fortunate, it's good. Considering I don't like uh, yeah. why it is the cover of Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater, and it's pretty good. Considering no, I, like I don't it. like Wyclef, but it is a bunch of soldiers like hanging out in the in their truck or whatever it is, listening to a bunch of music. Mm-hmm. And this is like just just so you know, you're in a Demi movie and you're not in real life. They're all listening to a bunch of like obscure yeah, like yeah. hipster songs. Here's the, the I haven't heard of any of these bands. Gang of Four, Big Youth, oh, you uh, heard of of the Prats. I think I have heard of Gang of Four, but I hadn't heard the song. And some band called It's Immaterial or so- something. But it's like a series of songs that soldiers would never listen to in a million years. <laughs> right. You know what soldiers listen to? They're not listening to fucking the Prats. 
Well, this and was, all uh, the songs are also kind of like protest songs too. They're all from, like, uh, "War is bad." And this is uh, they're in a they're in a tank. They're in a Humvee in the in the, in the original Gulf War. Yes, in Gulf War De- Desert Storm. Yeah, ninety one, and uh, and they would be of course be listening to Skinnerd. And then that's about it. Proud to be an American by Lee Greenwater or whatever the fuck. His Which name I believe is. they are. They do listen to in uh, Three Kings. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually gonna say like Three Kings. Actually, this is had a better idea. Because it's King- not like Jonathan Demi care. That's not like no, the no, point. no. And I mean, I, I like that he Jonathan puts, Demi he puts just wanted to put the songs he wanted my to favorite, put in. It. My favorite yeah, yeah. version of what you're talking about is how Robin Hitchcock plays a CIA operative in this movie. <laughs> like yeah. he's the he's the shady op who like <laughs> is, is hooking these soldiers up with their brainwashers. It's fucking Robin Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in a bunch of Demi movies? They're buddies. He's got a bunch of his uh, a bunch of his pals in mm-hmm. it, as as he always does. Yeah. Oh, th- this movie's cast is insane. There's I mean, just cameo after cameo. Yeah. Ted Levine turns Corman. up. Corman. Corman's yeah. in it. Corman has a cameo. He's like a senator or congressman or something oh, in some meeting. <laughs> um, Cor- I mean, Corman's in Science of the Lambs. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ted Ted Levine pops up for a second. Uh, Hitler's in this movie. I don't know. If <laughs> Hitler's not necessarily a Jonathan Demi stalwart, but Hitler's really good in this. Actually, <laughs> Streep plays Hitler really well. It's fucking Streep as Hitler. Yeah, Streep is great in this. Uh, it's one of my favorite Streeps. Oh, Streep, she's so good. Yeah. Well, I, Jeffrey I, Wright. I had forgot. Jeffrey Wright I had, I had is amazing. She, I had forgotten she was in it. Yeah. Oh wow. She's I mean, Angela I, just, I hadn't seen it since this. the. I know, and I just hadn't seen it in so long, and I had even kind of just forgotten the like some some of the plot elements of yeah. of the Manchurian Candidate in general. And I'm like, oh yeah, Streep, and then she shows up, and she just immediately starts devouring the scenery, and is fucking great, uh, having a ball. And that scene where she's so talking good. with Mike Novak from uh, with Mike Novak. Yeah, from Mike Novak with hair. Yeah, and he's like, he's one of the shady corporate bad guys. Where they're they're like going like their conspiracy is falling apart. And she's like, fuck your conspiracy. I'm taking power. It's so funny. They're like, hey, things aren't working the way we thought. And she's like, I don't care. It's I don't so give rad. a shit. I'm all powerful. And I, yeah. She's There's such a, a good villain. There is literally nothing that's realistic about the politics of this movie. It, it's not a realistic the, movie. Least of all, casting John Voight as a liberal senator. Yeah, John Voight, which I, I have to figure, he's that very might good have been it, intentional. Oh yeah, I think he was Jonathan because yeah. John Voight's going to do what he, whatever. I mean, yeah. we know what he's got a quote unquote belief system, but like right, he'll right. take the paycheck and do whatever. And in this one, Jonathan Demme's constantly having him say stuff that is t- antithetical to how Jonathan yeah. John Voight actually believes. Was this pre? Was this pre John Voight being very vocal about those kind of things though? I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. I think after Obama got elected, a lot of those guys. That's went what nuts. I mean. I so think that he'd been like that for 15 years before that. But I don't, he just gets I, I, more I, I honestly don't know. It's definitely pre John Voight getting the Medal of Honor or whatever the fuck he got from Trump. Oh yeah, Jesus right. Christ! <laughs> Presidential Medal of Valor or some shit. <sighs> Yeah. Well, there's that there's that that medal that they give that the presidents give out to people because Obama gave one to like. Uh, Michael, Michael Jordan and, <laughs> and Bruce Springsteen. He might have given one to Gallagher. So there is like an award. He gave it to Gallagher like, too, actually. There's yeah. like an award that they give out, but it's just that Trump gives it to shitty people, of course. I'm just going <laughs> to give it to whoever likes me. I'm going to find whoever said the nicest things about me on Twitter and is famous, and I'll give Did it to James them. Did James Woods get George one yet? George Zimmerman got one? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Hey, he wore the hat. Fucking piece what can of you shit. do? James Woods is going to get one soon, I'm sure. It's only a matter Little of Jimmy time. Woods. Tommy Lauren. Is that how you say her name? Mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> Give one to Barry Weiss. How about that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, 
but no yeah, way. but yeah, it's got t- tons and tons of, uh, of of Jonathan Demme's people. You'll you'll recognize almost everybody is recognizable. This is this kind of reminded me of like a JFK, <laughs> where it's just like I'm not going to have a single role in this that isn't a, rec- a recognizable name actor. Well, that was a kind. that was a rule. Dean Stockwell is just sort of hanging in the background. That's a rule. I heard uh, I've heard Demme mention that several times. That Corman, that's like something Corman taught him. He's like he's like there's no there's no sp- there's no un- unimportant part. So every part you need that has a that's cast, you need to cast it with some somebody that's the, every every character is a person. So yeah. it has to be uh, a character. And so Jonathan Demi like really took that to heart. So if you watch any of his movies, even a character with one line, you're like you go, who's that guy? Yeah, yeah. Even if it's not a famous actor, it's like what is what is that? I want to see the movie about that guy now. Or that's it's just Jonathan a good Demme's face, trick. You know? And it's like even to the background characters. Because there's a part in this where uh, Denzel's doing some research at a library, yeah. and there's a, and it's not even like it's not drawn. The tension's not focused and drawn to it, but there's like an Elvis impersonator on a computer next to him, yeah. also researching stuff at the library. I guess he's also in on it. <laughs> Maybe, but it's never brought yeah. up. It's just that it's like only Jonathan Demi. And it's actually Demi. Elvis, too. It's not an Elvis yeah, impersonator. I don't know. It feels like only Jonathan Demi would have that. It feels like a very Demi touch to have like this Elvis impersonator there. And the movie doesn't draw... Denzel doesn't look at him and go like... And there's no part where he goes, Hey, I'm Elvis, or whatever. It's just... <laughs> he's just there. That's just like a guy who lives in... <laughs> lives there and is like, was my time going to the library? One of the many joys of a Jonathan Demi movie <laughs> is the little details that he just yeah. packs into every like frame. Yeah. Both in the yeah. There's a part in this movie that that like when I first saw it, you know, the Manchurian Candidate's a classic. You're thinking, why are they remaking this? Right. And you might even be thinking that Jonathan Demme's not the what the you know you wouldn't be your first choice. Somebody was telling me, I think it was Cody Downs was telling me that they wanted De Palma. Yeah, and that, and that, that makes more, kind of makes, makes more sense. That kind of makes more on sense like yeah. a, on like a visual. That's almost like at a gut level what what anybody would say if right. they were like we're making Manchurian Candidate, they would go like De Palma. Right. Right. Well, there's a point in this that where, where like I, I remember seeing it in the theater and like kind of it clicked for me and I sort of fell for it right away. And it's it's after uh, Denzel has had like his run-ins with Jeffrey Wright and Jeffrey Wright's really spooked him. You know, one of his one of his former soldiers who was involved in this mission that went wrong in, in Desert Storm. But that but then but then uh, the guy became a hero. Yeah. Yeah. And and now he's all now he's all like PTSD'd out. And it's when. And and at this point, you don't know that Denzel is having these same problems. And he goes to his apartment. Well, first he goes and buys the Nodos and some cup ramen at the grocery store. Then he goes back to his apartment, and you see the stacks of newspapers mm-hmm. and the cupboards yep. full of cup ramen. Well, he's got and he's got like a whole uh, map of like of like articles clipped yeah. out of the yeah. like of about this guy. And you're like, oh, he's right. not well. And this is something that the that the Sinatra one, the original, doesn't really delve into. I mean, Sinatra's character in that movie is is definitely troubled and is having nightmares and these horrible nightmares about their being brainwashed and stuff. But the effects that it has on like on the movie as a whole don't go as deep as they do in this. And Demi's making this movie about you know, not just this global conspiracy, not just this thriller. He's making his protest movie about the people that are in control and what they make, who they get to prosecute their shitty agenda and the effect that it has on them. Yeah. But also, that's really interesting. It's also like the same thing as what Scorsese did with Cape Fear, where yeah. they're like, you're like, well, if you're going to make that movie, make that movie. Make that and he's movie. like, he's yeah. like, I'm going to make this character be crazy. Like this guy is, this is what's happened to him because, yeah, of, because like, of this. Like Silence of the Lambs, it's like, it's... It, that movie's scary, sad. It's sadder than it is anything else. Yeah, and like this is he's like this is this is a sad version of that. It's like, well, I mean, at the end when Denzel's gonna 
kill people, you don't you like are like no, yeah, I yeah. don't want this to happen, yeah. like because you like this guy and you don't want you like the movies made you like and the movies made you like uh, Liv Schreiber, yeah. Like oh, the only person man. you want to maybe see get shot is Meryl Streep, and even then you kind of don't because she's so because she's so fun yeah. to watch. <laughs> Lawrence, Lawrence Harvey <laughs> plays that character in the original, and like nobody likes him. Right. <laughs> that's the thing. That's how they because they keep doing that thing where like Raymond Shaw is the kindest, bravest, most you know whatever yeah, yeah. I've ever met in my they've whole been brain, life. They've been which they've, they've been, literally been brainwashed. They've literally to been brainwashed to saying it. But in the original, like Frank Sinatra goes like, "I don't like Raymond Shaw at all. <laughs> I don't like him." But I say that every time, you know. And Lawrence Harvey is unlikable. He's unlikable in it. Yeah. <laughs> And I also like that this uh, they've got both the uh, Schreiber brothers in this, <laughs> which yeah, I think Pablo I saw this before. I saw this before I'd seen The Wire season two, so it was fun to see him. Yeah, Pablo is like one of the sol- one of the other soldiers. Oh, yeah, good for him. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what's his name from uh, Nico Nico Sabatka. Nico Sabatka. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think, yeah, I think one of the most the, the the most successful thing that this movie does is in that uh, this sort of how the government treats and and it's and, and it makes this point regardless of what the plot is or how far-fetched it is but how the government just sees these soldiers as, i mean we we all talk about how they're the heroes and this and that but the government just sees them as meat yeah. and to the point where in this movie then th- and this works as metaphor where they're removing their souls mm-hmm. like their souls are the one hindrance of of them doing what we want them to do and if we get, take their souls away then they can be the perfect soldiers then mm-hmm. we can yeah we can program them to do whatever we want that's an incredibly effective and with the mood that he creates of it, it like is very it's kind of a sad movie mm-hmm. <laughs> and like at the very end Denzel Washington is uh, putting he has this he's at this beach he's back at the place where they brainwashed him mm-hmm. and and he puts this picture of him and all the soldiers into the water and I choked up yeah like it was very moving like it gets that point across very well i think that that's what maybe i think because he's not creating like it's not just a straight up mm-hmm. thriller like yeah. he's not he's he's t- he took the the original and like gave it m- more depth yeah absolutely. <laughs> which maybe at the time people were bothered by i don't know and you know at the time i think people you whenever it's a remake there's always going to be that right like this isn't as and good a remake as of a movie that is as vaunted as the original too yeah right? yeah and i think this is better but i think the original is great sure and the original is great partly because of the I mean, a lot of that's on the style and the mm-hmm. way it was made, and Jonathan Demme kind of went a different direction. Yeah. Like he's not—he's not even trying to like make something that's as much of a tight thriller as right. the original one. Mm. Well, the original one is not as tight as you remember. Is not. <laughs> that's the thing. It's—it's uh, it's very long. Not much really goes on in it. There's whole plots. There's whole subplots that don't make any sense. Okay. Like, okay, so it's been a in, while since I saw the in original, this one. So. One of the things that this that this fixes, I think, of the original is the is the Janet Lee character in the original, who is in this. I forget the actress's name, but she's like the lady cop mm-hmm. that, uh, that oh yeah, that yeah. goes along with Denzel. Well, she you don't know she's a cop at first, right? She's turns a out fed. she's a, well. That's the thing is like in the original, there's a similar role that Janet Lee plays, and you're sitting here going like. Ooh. Their dialogue is very strange, yeah. and it's sort of like, so she's in on it. She's his controller or something. Like She knows what's going on. No, that character just kind of vanishes from the movie, and you never really get anything uh. out of it. Um, I mean, it seems like maybe they're implying that she's like his controller or something, Frank yes. Sinatra's controller, but they never. it never comes of anything. Nothing ever happens with that. And yeah. in, in this one, I mean, it turns, when it turns out she's FBI, yeah. and that they've been like, that makes it makes sense. Except, it, make, it makes sense that she. It makes because like the, his behavior around her right. is very weird. Is very weird and 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 violent at times. Mm-hmm. And you're like you're like this. Why would this lady w- w- keep this guy around? She has to be in on some on the conspiracy. And then it turns out she's like not in on the conspiracy, but she is is undercover. She's yeah. a good guy though, and she's fighting yeah. to bring the uh, evil conspiracy to justice <laughs> and succeeds. Yeah. <laughs> 
this this like octopus like yeah. uh, vampire octopus uh, far reaching fucking hail billion hydra. dollar hail hydra uh, conspiracy that goes everywhere and has all the resources is brought to justice. Yeah, at the sure. End. Like, I kind of what? Y- yeah. I mean, and, I mean, it is. All the, but it, Demi's not going to make that movie where that doesn't happen. Although it's kind of true. That's not his style. I just feel like I wish that it was like instead of it being like all Dean Stockwell and everybody looking sad in a. At they the got end, us. So they got us. It, if it was like the feds show up and the offices are empty. You yeah. Know, the, it, it's the matchstick man ending sure. or something instead where it's like, oh shit, they got away. Like, you know, because it feels like that that's what brought them down. Yeah. Because I think you could still end, you could still, Denzel's emotional journey sure. is, is the same regardless of whether the corporation gets away with it or not. I think, I like that Dem- Demi's naivete or whatever you want to call it that like his his hopefulness I would say it's a lack of cynicism there you sure. go sure yeah but I mean also it feels like you know have a it seems cyn- naive you now have a in, little in, cynicism in matters of this nature you should be cynical sure right because um, like even if they even if they are like that we're busting you and we're taking you to trial you know just right. because you've been alive on this earth that they're gonna get off yeah they yeah. just are I think he just wants to inject more hope into it than maybe is necessary and I think yeah. or prudent yeah <laughs> especially in 2004 for fuck's sake yeah. and, I th- and I do think that like maybe it, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch this movie ten years from now, and things will be different or better or whatever. And I'll be like, I like this ending now. It yeah. is good that they get that they that they get cut or whatever. It makes it does make sense, and that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Donald Trump rotted away. In yeah. prison or Once Donald Trump is brought to justice, I'm sure. Yeah, no, you know what I mean. I don't know. I hope when they take goes him to jail. if they take him to jail, I hope they make him walk down a ramp. <laughs> well, it'll be a slippery ramp, no less. Uh, he'll have two walkers, you know, because he'll have to one-up Harry Weinstein, so he'll have well, two he'll walkers. He'll have a gold one. He'll I have a gold those. walker. I, I have a better walker. My walker is the best. It's th- it's four walkers. He'll have. A, he'll be driving a golf cart into court, <laughs> a gold a gold plated golf cart. Uh, this is funny. Like he's like he's going to be held accountable. That's for what I'm ever. saying. I don't want to be too anti-Demi about this, but I know a lot of people who, who are like Donald Trump will say something dickish, and then they'll re- like rep- tweet reply to him and be like, "When you're on trial in jail in in handcuffs, I'm going to be laughing so hard." And you're like, "You can't possibly yeah. believe yeah. that's going to happen." No, no, no. I meant, I meant. You can't afford to be this naive. He's driving his gold-plated golf cart into court, not because he's on trial, but just to watch some other people on trial. <laughs> right. yes. Just to watch some other just people. Wanted to be a spectator, <laughs> not wearing a mask. Uh, witch hunts, witch hunts. <laughs> he's not even president. He's just driving into court, so like we have to let him do this. He's just screaming witch hunts. Yeah, we'll be pulling his statues down in a hundred years. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to change the subject. <laughs> Why? <laughs> this is great. Uh, because I wanted to talk about how you, you mentioned that this is, is not as stylish as, as the, the Frankenheimer, which is true. It's not. That's what, that's what I mean. Not so much tight, but just more like that. Like that's a very, that's a very yeah. like suffocating. It's like that, not suffocating, but it's like that, that Frankenheimer style. Yeah, a lot that's of Dutch like, angles. Very stark black and white photography. That's yeah. like, yeah, that, it's, that, it's that kind of thriller. And this like kind of veers, this is Demi. And it's like, he's like, I'm not interested in really doing that. Right. But he does. Like, but he does the, his own thing. He does his own thing. But yeah. like the 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 famous brainwashing sequence in the original, which is like you see it from two points of view, where like uh, they think that they're at like this nice gardening right. thing with all of these nice old ladies, yeah. and we we see right, right. and 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 the way Frankenheimer splits the two, like sometimes you'll have the commies, like the evil, the the very orientalist yeah. evil yeah. Chinese bad guys. 
like next to the the prim old ladies in the same shot, and it's really cool. Demi's version of the brainwashing is certainly a lot more stark, but it's it's not understylized in their their visions, their nightmares with the women holding the tomatoes yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff in their burkas, and it's You're talking about very, genetic modification and yeah. stuff, holding a big tomato, it's, a giant and, tomato, and, and it's like it's their brain, which yes. is you know, it's really it's really great, and I don't I, th- I would say that that is like very stylish. Um, Those scenes are really yeah, yeah, disturbing yeah. too. They like where they're brainwashed and being and doing monstrous stuff, but yeah. like they're and it's Pablo Schreiber that he that kills. Part of their, yeah, yeah, yeah that part yeah. of that part of their brain is just turned off. So Denzel's like, uh, like one of the doctors. Who's the guy who plays the main doctor? Bruno Gans. No, no, Bruno, Bruno Gans is, is his Oh, that's his buddy. the yeah. Who's, um, I don't know. He's in. He's in tons and tons. Yeah, of yeah. Shit. He always plays the guy a bad who guy. plays the evil South African uh, doctor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. And but but he's like uh, Sergeant, uh, stand up. And Denzel's like, Whoa! and he yeah. gets up and he's like, he's now like shoot kinda, but he's kind of like drunky. You know, he's kind of shoot He's kind of herky jerky. But now shoot he's, PFC, he's so, whatever. He's so detached from himself that he just like there shoots a person yeah. in the head and and then uh, Leif Schreiber chokes out a guy to the point where he's like puking blood. It's really disturbing. And there's an but there's an earlier flashback or dream or nightmare that Denzel's having where he doesn't choke him out but he like puts plastic over his face it's yeah. over uh, what's it's, what's his name Falcon from, uh, from yeah the Anthony movies. Mackie Anthony oh Mackie. yeah Anthony Mackie that's right yeah um, and then the other the other thing that I wanted to talk about just for the, the Demi style is that he does the looking into the camera shots his yeah, trademark yeah, shots and he does it at my at one of the best parts in the movie again again like a recreation of a famous scene from the original in the original it's John Houseman who is like Lawrence Harvey's girlfriend's father, who is a rival senator. Of what does that make us? <laughs> <laughs> he's, Absolutely he's a rival, nothing. He's a rival senator of Angela Lansbury's uh, husband. And um, he gets shot holding a carton of milk. And, right. the, and the milk comes out. Well, which is referenced in... Reference and lethal weapon. I'm going to tell a story and, about that. And 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 arguably Terminator, Terminator 2. 2. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the the funny thing about the lethal weapon thing is that the, so the original Manchurian Candidate was basically suppressed for years. Frank yeah. Sinatra didn't want it seen because he was buddies with Kennedy and the Kennedy assassination happened and all this stuff. So the nobody had seen the Manchurian Candidate in years, decades when Shane Black wrote Lethal Weapon. It, it only got sort of its classic status after it got sort of restored and rediscovered at a like New, York, New York Film Festival yeah. in like 92. Yeah. And um, so, I I mean, obviously people had seen it. There are ways to see it. But like, and, and that's clearly a reference. But I just think it's cool that like Shane Black threw in a reference in Lethal Weapon to this sort of what at the time was a very obscure, hard to see film. Yeah. I mean, also, that's a, that, that's a great reference because like at that point, they're just in Lethal Weapon. They're discovering the cons- this, yeah, right. con- this conspiracy. And that's, you know. And then in, <laughs> in Lethal Weapon, it's also shoot, getting shot by Gary Busey from a helicopter. <laughs> that guy's so good. And it's Tom Atkins. But, it's, but it, yeah, it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's turning it. It's turning it up. Tom, yeah. And it's eggnog. Yeah, it's true. It is because it he's is got eggnog. a bunch of eggnog set yeah. up on the desk. It's a Christmas what movie. Is it? Yeah, I guess. I really so. like the scene. I really like the scene in this though. With well, in this, with, it's it's when Vera he, Farmiga and he drowns he, them. Well, he but he, when he drowns yeah. when he drowns uh, John Voight. Yeah, and then you're like, oh gosh, that's horrible. And then she comes out, and Ugh. this is like the girl that he he's is in, in love, love with. with. And he's been brainwashed, and he and he like drowns her. That is horrifying. And, but, he, but he drowns her, and it's the, it's both looking into the camera. It's yeah. really disturbing. It's really sad and disturbing. It's, it's, it's not great. as disturbing when he's doing John Voight because just because that's like I mean right. maybe just because it's partly plot mechanics, and you're like he has to do this. And then when she's watching, you're like, oh no, this isn't going to end well. And she kind of runs out there, like don't go out oh, there. No. Yeah. 
That's one of the f- absolutely amazing things about Jonathan Demme, all, of the many, but like, like so many directors will be like, and then there's the scene where the guy drowns the person. You can bump those two people up, move on to the next scene. That's never, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big pe- deal. And to Jonathan Demme, people losing their lives is a big deal, and he uh-huh. presents it that way. That's, and, that's and very true. You never, you don't get to just skate past these scenes. They're very upsetting. One of the, one of the, I keep saying one of the many. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Yeah. One of the great things about Silence of the Lambs is just that you feel all of this. Yeah. I mean, and if you're not dismissive of these uh, of these horrible things, if you don't just skate past them, you can actually make your movie better. Mm-hmm. He, I uh, mean, I think Scorsese does that. With, I think Scorsese yeah, does it in, we Cape, in Cape Fear too, and I think that that's why both of these guys they do it in different ways. Yeah. Like, uh, but like, they're both of them are like, we want you to feel this. Yeah, I don't. We don't want you. We want you to that that scene upset me where where he drowns Vera Farmiga. Good, it was supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> you know he he did that like he he made another remake of Charade, a few years later called yeah, The Truth, Truth About, About Charlie, Charlie, which most people hate. It's very I have weird. Not re- I have I got. I gotta watch it. It's I'd, very weird. It's idiosyncratic. I would not say that you are guaranteed to like it at all. Sure. <laughs> it's also got a kind of a not great Mark Wahlberg performance in Get it. Out of here. But, uh, but, <laughs> it, he, he, he turned. Not only did he turn Charade, which is beloved by a great many people, though not by me, into this weird French New Wave homage in some very deliberate and distinct ways, but he made a post 9/11 caper movie. That's deliberately about like reckoning with loss and grief, and ultimately the the sort of moral of his movie is putting the guns down. He made a movie about like not not shooting the bad guy. Yeah, um, it's very it's very interesting. I think the movie is ripe for rediscovery. But, uh, I got. Go. I got to. I got to be. I want to be a completist with uh, Jonathan Demme. At least his narrative stuff. I don't know if I can watch all of his like. I've, I've seen Neil Young. He's ever made. He's done how many? 15, 20 Neil Young concerts. <laughs> yeah. I can't watch all stop, of those. Stop making sense. Is fucking great. <laughs> his documentaries. Oh, his documentaries yeah. are generally like not my thing. Uh, just because of. But his advocacy. His advocacy is so fierce. Like, they're they're hardly like poorly made or or not deeply felt. Um, I think he only made one not good narrative movie, Which and it is. was uh. uh the Ibsen play that he did, the, the Master Builder. It's like his last, his last narrative film. Oh wow! Um, yeah, yeah, and it's just, it's to me, it just was sort of, it, it fell flat for me. But every other narrative film he made is great, including the director's cut of Swing Shift. I've I've seen the I've only, I don't think I've seen the director's I have cut. A copy I've only of seen it. the original, but uh, but I think the original one is actually it's really good. pretty good yeah. too. Um, is not, it possible for us to do a Demi episode? I don't a know. A Demisode? I mean. Mm. I mean, I was thinking. I mean, obviously, silence. Yeah. But then, and then, I think you could get. You uh, could do truth about Charlie. Oh, okay, truth about Charlie. But then, uh, something wild. I don't know. Yeah, something wild. Well, something wild. Well, yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Are we done? Yeah. Maybe maybe we can do those on Patreons. Yeah, something like oh, that. Okay. I would love to. Do I something. just I would like, love to talk about something wild. That's when I, I mean. I, think I, love, I, think that I love Demi so much. He's one of my favorite filmmakers. He's legendarily one of Paul Thomas Anderson's like touchstone filmmakers, oh, yeah. and it shows, especially in Anderson's yeah. earlier work. Part two, uh, but also, but also in movies like. Uh, 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 inherent vice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name. I can never uh, remember the name of the movie. For some reason. Reason. Uh, inherent. Uh, <laughs> what is it called? Inherent vice is very because it's tonally all over the place. Yeah, and like it took me two viewings to like really go like to really for it to really click with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, it know? took me five viewings for it to really <laughs> click with me. No, actually, it was. I'd seen it like three times, and then it wasn't until I was at work at the store and we were playing it in there, and I was just walking around doing something else, and every line of dialogue was making me laugh out yeah. loud. And I'm like, and I bought it, and then I'm just like, fuck, I'm buying a copy of this, and I went and watched it at home. I'm like, this movie's great. What was I? <laughs> how come it didn't? But I don't know. And I don't think Demi, not that Demi's movies take that long to click, but like. 
There's like a style slash lack of style. There's like a lack of his style is like that. There's no the sound of the no sound. That there's no style. Or yeah. you know what I mean? It's like how much you know how much we love Brian De Palma, and it's all because like he's like going like Movie. I'm gonna do this fucking great shot, and it's gonna do this and that, and here it goes, and look at that, and you're like woo. And that's what I mean by like the difference in this movie, but from the Frankenheimer mm-hmm. was Frankenheimer does that. Yeah. Frankenheimer's like, well, I'm gonna put the camera over here, and then it's gonna go up this way, and oh, then it's gonna man. look down on you, and it's, the shadows are gonna be overpowering. Mm-hmm. And Demi. Uh, has style. I'm not saying that none of his sure, stuff sure. is stylish, but he's like, like I'm not interested in that yeah. necessarily <laughs> in doing like a whole bunch of crazy trick shots. Yeah, but he really, he really makes you care. Yeah, about what's happening in the movie and like that. Just like w- w- what we talked about earlier, the looking directly at the camera mm-hmm. when doing a doing yeah. a dialogue sequence like that. Maybe I don't even think De Palma. De Palma will do that sometimes, but is but will he do it when two characters are talking to each other back and forth? Not really. That's a that's like a demi trademark. That's a yeah. demi trademark, and it is pronoun. I mean, you notice that shit. You're yeah. like, I don't see that in movies ever. It's wild, no. and it is maybe in this more than any other movie that he's ever done. It's constant yeah. throughout the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, uh, Denzel Washington is by the way is great in this movie. Oh, he's so Denzel good. is amazing. <laughs> I mean, he he you know he he's. This is second go around with Demi, and he's great in Philadelphia, a movie that you know has dated poorly in some ways and not at all in others, but you know he was he's fucking amazing in that film. Yeah, I there's think- a scene in this where he's talking to uh, his the FBI handler before she, he knows that she's an FBI handler, and uh, and this is, he's like gone off his meds or something. He's starting to kind of lose it more than he already had yeah. and she and she and he talks about invasive procedures, and then she goes invasive procedures, and he goes. Just like points his fingers at his head and like yeah. puts his teeth over over his lower lip. It's just sort of shakes around for for like ten seconds. I'm gonna post it online. Yeah. It, but it's just sort of like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, That's it's crazy. it's hard to overstate that. It's hard to overstate what a great actor he was or is, I should say. Uh, and it's it's also weird because this movie came in a period where it's like kind of his fallow period, like in the two right. thousands, like well, this is post him winning an Oscar for training day. Right. Exactly. And he was in, you know, and he was in his very, the, the most fruitful part of his collaboration with Tony Scott and was in this period. He made unstoppable and deja vu in this man period. on fire. Yeah. And man on fire. All three movies I think are great. Um, although I didn't used to think man on fire was great. I do now, but like this was a kind of an outlier. This was felt, felt like a more of a one for him. Like, he's going to go back with Demi, and it's a big high-profile gig, but it's not like a sweaty Denzel thriller. It's not out of time with Carl Franklin, you know right. what I mean? It's not Man on Fire. Um, and he's just, he's so, he, you for, he makes so many of those movies, you forget what, what depth he brings to those those roles without having to do much at all. Well, that's yeah. the thing, is that he in like movies like Man on Fire, even, which I... I have not come around on like, <laughs> but I haven't also haven't watched again because why? But, uh, but like, uh, but like he he br- you know he brings depth to characters like that mm-hmm. or whatever D- Johnny Deja Vu yeah where you're like well, you Deja put, Vu that movie is a but I mean you put another you put another <laughs> character in there playing Johnny Deja Vu yeah like another actor and like it, you don't it, you don't get the same thing yeah. you don't get the same depth I Jai mean, Courtney <laughs> let's get Jai <laughs> Courtney in Deja Vu <laughs> <laughs> the. Uh, because the one, the, like the last, the final Tony Scott's final movie with Denzel, Unstoppable, I think is. I actually do like that one. I think that, rules. Movie, I think yeah. that movie's great. Yeah. But Denzel, like just having him be that guy, mm-hmm. like brings so much to it. And he, like you go, he has these subtle things, like like you're saying that thing where he points at his head in this. He does these little things where you go, like, ah, oh, man, it gets so much. You get so much acting out of this guy yeah. in so little, and and, the, and he's known for being like kind of a swaggering, very confident 
guy. Yeah. You know, like that's his screen persona. And whenever he is asked to break that down to be scared or vulnerable, it's like it's like magic. Like in like in this movie. Yeah. No, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like in so this, good. It's well, magic. He is so good at it. He's way better at that than the other thing well, that this, everyone loves him for. And in this one, he's like a character who on the surface is acting like that. right, like yes. I'm, I'm this, I'm in control of everything. And as the movie I'm goes, he hero. becomes, he becomes less and less, and yeah. seems more and more uh, harried and crazy or whatever. Yeah. But like uh, terrified, yeah, and scared of what's going on. You know, he's becoming more and more. But but you know, it's Jeff. It's left up to Jeffrey Wright at the in his few scenes yeah. to be like the guy with all the ticks and stuff. <laughs> Um, to like God, do, to do that Jeffrey real. Wright is magnificent in his uh, scenes as the, a really troubled PTSD guy who's yeah. like having the dreams. But like kudos to the makeup artist too <laughs> yeah. in this scene because this is one of those super close up looking directly at the camera and he's got these like the, the eye makeup yeah. really sells it. You worry about Jeffrey Wright in this. You're like, he didn't actually go without sleeping for 12 days before making this, <laughs> right. did he? He looks awful. Try acting, son. Yes, try <laughs> acting. Uh, Meanwhile, they're at school. There's a bunch of Boy Scouts walking out behind him <laughs> as he's like losing it in front of Denzel. That's a great shot. God damn. <laughs> um, I want to talk about two more things. Mm. One, in the original, the trigger is the Queen of Hearts. Oh, yeah, the trigger needs to be discussed. The trigger in this, I think, is really cool. <laughs> I love the way that they do it because they say the full name. They'll say Raymond Shaw. Gen- uh, Sergeant Shaw. Yeah, Sergeant, Sergeant, Shaw. Shaw. Sergeant Raymond Shaw. Raymond Sergeant Prentice, Prentice Shaw. Shaw. And then, like, it'll fa- like the whole time that's happening, the, the light is getting brighter and brighter and brighter in the room until it goes white, and then you'll hear the, 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 whole, the controller say, listen, and then you don't see what they've been ordered to do. Yes. It's really, really it's cool. Creepy. It's really clever. I like it. Because, the, you know. The brightening light thing is uh, is. Very it's actually satisfying too, mm-hmm. so so it makes you sort of feel from the perspective of the mm-hmm. brainwashed right, person, exactly. Where you kind of go, ah. "That's Demi, man." He's like, he's putting you in their head. It's yeah. so cool, and it's also cool because, like, you know, the the Queen of Hearts thing is so iconic. Yes. You know, it's like in the art for the movie, and so yeah. like, it's cool that they were able to come up with something so so innovative and so different. It also it's it it also does sort of seem like the sort of thing someone might say to him. Yeah. So it's it's a little it maybe should be a bit more specific, but whatever. Because you could see but someone going like Sergeant Shaw, uh, Raymond Prentice Shaw, Sergeant Raymond Prentice Shaw, and then he's now <laughs> what, now he's gonna do whatever you tell him. <laughs> Uh, Can you just wait here for a second? And he just never leaves. (laughs) Can you go get me some fries? (laughs) Uh, You'll do whatever I say. Uh, Order me a pizza. It's a weird. It turns out it's a really terrible conspiracy because the first thing he says when he hears the code is, "Who do you want me to kill?" (laughs) Like, oh man, you blew it. Uh I do. I love it. The first time uh, when you see that Mm -hmm. is when she. I think his. I think it's his mom, and then he's in his hotel room. Yeah, on the phone, right? Yeah, but then he, but then he like, he's like, go to your, cl- go to the closet, and then he goes to the closet, and they remove the wall, yeah, and then the that, next, yeah, that is. I was watching else. it, and Sophie was like, "Wait, what? That's yeah. is this actually happening? Is there like, wait, is there a, a op- is there a hospital in there?" I'm like, "Well, no, it's the next room over," and she's like, "Is that actually happening?" I'm like, "I think so. Yeah, it's been a while since that." And then like, yeah, they cut back to it later, and he's getting a <laughs> drilled in his head, and it's got one of the best, the Ooh. best lines I think is the one you put for your letterbox review, which yeah, is, yeah. Uh, uh, did you write that one down? Fuck. I wish I'd written it down where the guy's like going like, you'll feel a little pressure from this drill in, on your head. You'll feel a little pressure and Hold something, on. something, which is, of course, total, completely normal. It's like this, because <laughs> this, again, this is like this. this As we drill into your This, brain. like Cape Fear, is like a movie that's about a lot of stuff that's like sad and dark. And it's about like 
government conspiracies and about all this and it doesn't not take any of that seriously but it's also really funny a lot of time and, and just like him going through a wall through like this closet wall in a hotel into the next it's all, room, it's all a and one got or this, two they've got this ridiculous like this whole they've got this whole operating uh theater set up in this other room is like it's like supposed it's cool but also really funny because yeah. you're just like what right. so <laughs> the, the line is as he's gonna drill into Raymond's he's drilling he's putting in a new implant they're yeah. like taking out the old one and he goes so what you'll feel is a little discomfort in the form of pressure and also a loud vibrating noise in your head all of which of course is completely normal <laughs> and not only is that a really funny line but it sums up sort of the movie's point of view in a way of like so you're living under these conditions and the people that are in charge are telling you that this is how it should be. This yes. is fine. This is perfectly fine. This is fine. As we take your soul from you. Yeah. Uh, and there, and the, the drill goes in and it's just this amazing detail when a drill, drill kind of comes out of its like little guiding tube and a bunch of fucking skull dust yeah. drops off. And you're like, God, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> So uh, and also, also Liv Schreiber. Uh, let's not say. Let's not. Like, he's really good. He's really good in this. Good in this I, yeah. I, I'm a huge Liv Schreiber fan, and he's just not in a, a, a lot of stuff that I like. He's one day he's going to be in my show, Fat Buscemi, but <laughs> <laughs> one can hope. But yeah, he gets to be absolutely great in this. And there's one the, the the big highlight. There's two scenes I think where him and Denzel get to interact, and they're mm-hmm. really great. But it's the second one where he is still kind of hypnotized, but he's still sort of speaking through himself, and he's talking about. The fact that he knows that he did, yeah, yeah. that he killed mm-hmm. Vera Farmiga and John Voight, and he's just openly weeping, but at the same, but he's, he's like robot de- mode. But he's also in robot mode yeah. at the same time because they're like because then they're because se- then they're incredible. setting up uh, Denzel. Yeah, and I honestly like love it at the end. It's like a satisfying and sad and cool where when he like turns the when he. When he flips the script on his mom. Well, yeah, that's what I want. That's the other thing I want to talk I about just, is how they change the ending. Which I just, yes. which I just, that's very which important. I just love. Yeah, because it's because it's again, and I think, I think that you could, honestly, like you could, because st- that that's not because then it's not like a very cynical ending or whatever. But you could still have like this ending happen and just. I think if you just take out the part where like they don't topple the multinational corporation, right. everything's gonna be fine. Like if you, ha- I think if you just take if that part's gone, if that's like we didn't get those guys, of course, because right. we can't, because you can't, it's impossible. Right. Yeah. Then I think the movie, I, I would bump it up to, to like, oh yeah, uh, you know, I think, I think so, yeah. But like, but you know, but but like, because because that ending is great, where it's yeah. like, and you have to, and then make sure that you're on the, you know, mm-hmm. once and once he get, because if you're in the wrong star, he's gonna shoot you, and you have to be on this spot and then he's going to shoot the guy. Yeah. And Liv Schreiber's like looking right up at Denzel and kind of like making faces. Denzel's kind of like I- I'm brainwashed but I know I'm not supposed to shoot that guy. Yeah. And Liv Schreiber's basically just sort of looking at him with this sort of placid expression kind of going like somewhere in your brain you know what to do. Yeah. And then he like hugs his mom and Denzel shoots through shoots both, both of them, of them. at the same time and they yeah. topple to the ground. It's it's and bananas. It's, and it's just because, like, the Leif Schreiber character, the entire movie is essentially a guy who's like, I don't want to be alive. Yeah. But yeah. I, but he also can't, like, he can't kill himself. But he's like, I don't want to be alive. I don't have anything to live for. He, yeah. like, reconnects with Vera Farmiga earlier, and it's this awkward thing. He's like, I was in love with you. Well, why didn't you, when you came back? Well, because I had to go to my mom. Because he's been brainwashed, and, he ha- and he's been right. brainwashed to, like, yeah. for this whole conspiracy. And so he's had his life taken away from him. It's a really tragic character. Yeah, it's ve- and he's, it's very good. Because he's very, like, uh, it's not it's not a big performance. Like, he's not, like, except for that scene where he's openly weeping. Yeah. There's not, like, it's, like, very, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, which is Leah Schreiber's sort of, like, uh, thing. That he's like very good at like underplaying. Yeah, yeah. But 
Well, um, in the original ending, the, the Lawrence Harvey is so the Lee F. Schreiber character is the one who's going to be the right, assassin and, right. and do this stuff, and then he he uh, he just kills himself, and Frank Sinatra doesn't really stop him, right? You know, and it's sort of like that. Where's all the agency for all these characters? Demi puts Demi Demi puts decisions in both of their hands. Yeah, yeah, and and when and when Denzel is putting the gun to his head at the end, you're like, no, yeah, like you, like, exactly. You're like, don't do, don't do that. I don't want that happen. And then you know, of the course, FBI lady shoots him in the shoulder, yeah. and he doesn't kill himself. And and then they 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 scrub the they scrub the video, so it looks like that Denzel. That's a cool scene. Didn't didn't go there. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if this technology exists, but that's cool. That's also just really that's also just really interesting that like. They're, the movie will allow you to have like ambivalence about what they're doing and what went down, you know. Like, yes, he killed the right he killed the right people, oh, which yeah, is a yeah. terrible a terrible yeah. thing to have to say. But but also that like you know that 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 these that this was sort of the part of the plan all along. It's well, very to, interesting. I think it's it's like that thing where you're like, I don't want the government to cover up an assassination. Also, I don't, also I like this guy and yeah. I know that he was brainwashed to do this and I don't want him to, I don't want Denzel's character to, and I don't want to end the movie with, with him like yeah. killing himself or in prison. Yeah. And De- Jonathan Demi does also does not want that. No, of course not. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. There's yeah. a, there's a scene in it that is, that is fun, but is maybe a little too winky because uh, one of the one of the things that Manchurian Candidate is sort of famous is for this quasi incestuous relationship between uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Angela oh, Lansbury yeah, yeah. and uh, and the guy, and they play up on that. And there's a scene where uh, Meryl he's like full, in full on brainwashed mode. He's still he's still up in it, and and he's got his shirt off, and yeah. Meryl Streep is just like touching him and caressing his body and stuff. And then at the end of the at the end of the scene, and she's just going like, "You're gonna do this, and I'm doing it." All for you, and you're gonna keep continue our evil, powerful family's legacy of powerful right. evil. <laughs> and then she like is just touching his face, and he's just. And she's like, "I love it when you smile like that." And she leans in and kisses him right on the lips, and then like is leaning back in for like a se- implied like a sexual kiss, and then they cut. Yeah. They're like, "Who knows?" Yeah. Uh, it's it's, I, it's fun, but it's also just sort of like a little too winky. That's in that's in the original. Is it just like that? It's not just like that, but I mean, it's the same thing where they cut away just sort of at the last second. Yeah. The in the book, it's explicitly an incestuous relationship. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. They should have shown him fucking in this. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> but also, like, I I don't remember if it's in this one. Is it? Did, does there a scene in this one where she's like, they t- they didn't tell me it was going to be you? Uh, no, recall. she. No, she. In fact, I believe says like, I gave up my son. Right. Okay. Because she's that's... like, she's like, I. She. She's. She's. Yeah. yeah, he has no agency that's, at all. That's part right. of her she whole gave, deal. She gave. She right, like. Right, right. She's like. I because her whole thing is her when she's ranting about it. She's saying like she's, she's complaining like, I'm to him get it like back from them. Yeah. No, she's complaining to him that like you can't let this fuck up because I gave you up to them and right. he's kind. It's kind of like well, where where am I in this? In the, in the original where, where in the original I? movie, there's a scene. It's basically the same scene where she, but she's like. They didn't tell me it was going to be you. No, they they don't. No, they don't hold. They don't really give. Uh, I mean. Demi's empathetic empathy goes, you know, everywhere. But Meryl Streep's character—they don't really give her too much to be sympathetic. Right. No, about. she's full on evil. Like she's just bad. There's a there's that, but but she is awesome because there's oh, that great because so there's that great scene where she's 
she's not explaining the conspiracy to them, but she's like in that room and they're all talking about like, you can't win these states and you can't win this. And she goes on this like long speech to all these men about like how they don't fucking understand shit about how come they're going to win. And then, so then you go like, you know, this conspiracy might actually, might actually work because (laughs) I'm sold. (laughs) Yeah. Because the conspiracy is ridiculous that he's going to become the vice president presidential nominee for this guy and then when that guy wins the presidency they're going to assassinate the president then then he immediately becomes president yeah. and then the corporation owns the guy so it's a bit ridiculous but like it, it works because of because of like you if you buy into it but then also that Meryl Streep like has this long thing that's like here's how we're going to win and yeah. and Meryl Streep just sells it you're like yeah no I, I buy it yeah they're going to win there's no way this you never see these people who are running on the other party yeah because they're, like, they're like they're not going to I also win. think it's funny that they're that they're left wing yeah, and, and although it's like the it's like movies from I mean the movies have done that a lot, but like political movies where they don't say like they just say they don't the, say, sure. they don't they say, say political say, parties in they this just movie. say the party, but they're clearly, uh, they're more, clearly left-leaning. more left-leaning. They're more, because like his you know, but yeah. I also think that's funny because in like we were talking about ways in which this movie is like either prescient or not as prescient, and uh, the idea that that center that center left is like not what we thought it was <laughs> is pretty <laughs> yeah. funny. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, sure. Now there's definitely been a serious backlash even towards like a, 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 like somebody like Obama who you know was pretty beloved by the left. Uh, you know, now there's a whole cadre of people out there going like oh, insufficiently radical, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and not without cause. Not without cause. I mean, it's a little <laughs> different than this, which is saying that like sure, corporations sure. own right. centrist left leftist <laughs> yeah. politicians. Yeah, yeah. politicians. But maybe they do. But I mean, maybe, you know, I don't know. I mean, again, it's... They it's, certainly don't not own them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It does take place in a political world that doesn't exist. Like, there, it, it almost exists in the politics of the 60s when the original one came out because, like, the vice presidential nomination is handled during the mm-hmm. convention, which has, has not happened in over half a century. And, and, and just the, the way politics work in this movie, you're like, oh, politics, I don't think ever worked that way. Yeah. But, it's, but Demi's not interested in that particularly. No, it's um, not process oriented at all. No, yeah. it's it's really not. <laughs> no, I don't think any of that really matters. It's, it's heart, not head. You know that thrillers that stuff is going to be. You know that's going to happen. Oh, he's going to become pre- mm-hmm. vice president nominee or whatever. But what we really want to see is Denzel like slowly losing his mind, right? Or pulling or like cutting cutting his back open and pulling weird uh, <laughs> weird trackers out of him <laughs> and then going and hanging while, out with, while at a lady's house <laughs> and going and hanging out with Bruno Gans, who I think is great too. <laughs> Hitler, <laughs> is Hitler? Yeah. <laughs> Hitler's awesome in it. Uh, that that scene was was funny to me. I don't know how funny it's supposed to be. Where he's like in the shower and he finds the little yeah. nodule where the and he's at this at this lady's house. He doesn't know that she's in on anything right. at all. And it's just sort of like Denzel. Wait until you're at your own place before you cut open your shoulder. Please plug the drain. She's like pounding on the door. Like what are you doing? And there's nothing. And he's like digging a blade into, have the, a, into his back. Did he have a place though? It's implied he doesn't even know what he's doing because he's just going to show up there and like try and get in. Well, with he has Leo an Schreiber. apartment. No, but he's not in. He's not at his hometown. Right. He's out of town. That's, That's what right. I mean. When That's she true. meets up with him on the train, he's like already out of sorts. Yeah, and he sees like the bullet hole in her head and shit. Like, because yeah. th- like it's like she like let this crazy person into her house. Right, right. Like, and we're supposed to kind of be afraid for her and also be like, "That's kind of how the Janet Lee character works in the old one, where it's like, what the fuck is she doing hanging out with this? But she's guy? just a yeah. brief love interest in that movie. Right. Whereas in this one. It's like it was. It, if she ended up being a brief love interest in the movie, it'd be like, well, that's fucking stupid. Right? <laughs> yeah. you're like, she's got to be in on. She's too. Some, she's way, too not afraid of him. She's we keep not interested. mentioning her name because we forgot. It's Kimberly Elise. I Kimberly Elise. Her name. Yeah. She's great. She's fantastic. Just uh, like everybody in this movie. Yeah. I had a question for you guys because I've always found uh, Meryl Streep to be interesting in this regard, in that she's obviously you know one of the most talented actors of all time. 
but has not done very much that I'm interested in. Mm. Considering will, the scope of her career, this this might be my favorite Meryl Streep performance. I mean, there's a lot of great shit I out lo- there. I love Meryl. I like. I think I like. Mer- I love Meryl Streep in every pretty much every movie I've seen her in. Sure, but and, like, and what, I'm, what yeah, are the good but, movies? But what I was gonna say is that like, I bet she's great in a lot of movies. I'm just probably never gonna watch. <laughs> yeah, like I'm never gonna watch Devil Wears Prada, and I bet she's good. She's in pretty it. fun I'm in sure that. Sure, she is. Right. Yeah. I, I, would, I don't, I don't want to watch Julie and Julia, but I bet she's good. She in is it. really good in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could. I, there's a whole bunch of. I, I bet she's good in the Iron Lady. No. Really? Eh. Mm-hmm, okay. I mean, she's not bad in it, but it's like, you know, who cares? Yeah, that's true. Um, I have trouble. I mean, it's like I have trouble finding Meryl Streep performances that I've seen that I don't like. I mean, I'll tell you if like, you you want a recommendation for a great Meryl Streep movie that you may not have watched because why would you care? Yes, The Bridges of Madison County. Oh, I do like that movie. That movie that's, one that, that's one that I would include. That, but I would watch. I would, I would watch. I that. insist that you watch that movie. Yikes. It's fucking it's good. It's so good. Right. I've seen it like five and times. It makes as, me cry every time. <laughs> I'm not as big an Eastwood fan. Oh, uh, it's, but it's awesome. Up there. I haven't avoided that one for any reason. I just it's one that just I has never. Yeah. Like been something where I'm like, I need to watch Bridges of Madison County. Yeah, you, you really do. Yeah, yeah I'm just, sure I do. Just going through Meryl Streep's filmography, considering she's one of the most celebrated, if not the most celebrated actress of all time. And it's like there's so few movies that I would be interested in watching. Like it's always these sort of like movies that my mom would really enjoy during the time that they came out. I mean, the, the exceptions would be like The Deer Hunter. But like, have you seen, I don't, I don't have you seen watch Silkwood? Yeah, you gotta watch no. Silkwood. So Silkwood's one of Silkwood them. Silkwood is so fucking good, yeah. and that's and, and that's Cher. her. That's her and Cher and Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Yeah. Oh my god, it's, it's all rules. it's all movies. And that it's, that I, and it's that Mike I'm Nichols. Sh- yeah. yeah, it's, it's all movies that I'm sure are pretty good. But, go home but, and watch that right but now. sound like <laughs> they sound like medicine. Like here's here's the list starting in the late seventies. Kramer versus Kramer, great. pretty good. Don't, I'm sure it's fine. I just don't uh, Kramer versus Kramer, and that kind of kind of it's pretty great. It's, Fren- it's French Lieutenant's good. Woman. It's dated. Really sure. good. Interesting movie. Sophie's Choice, which is good. Great. Seen it. Sophie's Choice, great. Silkwood. Great. Falling in Love. Eh. Out of Africa. Ugh, yuck. Heartburn. Good. Ironweed. Good. Cry in the Dark. Really good. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> She-Devil. Really funny. Oh, uh, She-Devil. Postcards from the Edge is great. I'm going to watch that again that this one. week, actually. It's on my list. Death, Death Becomes Death Her. Death Becomes Her, great. We actually, uh, House of Spirits. I've never seen in the House yeah. of the Spirits. Yeah. Jeremy's Iron. All right. Uh, River Wild. Great. <laughs> Before and After. Marvin's Ooh. Room. See Marvin's Room. Dancing Be a man. Be a man. <laughs> it's all. It's all like even if you're saying they're great, I'm, like, I'm not going to watch. I heard that things shit. about Marvin's Room. <laughs> but I mean, remember this? I think I don't think I heard you need, things. Marvin's Room. I don't think you need to list all of her movies. I know. I know exactly what you're saying because I like. I'm I'm the same way where I'm like I know she's great in some of these movies. And it's not like I'm, I'm like sure refusing. It's like I'm refusing to watch them. I'm just like I'm probably never going to watch it before and after. Right. Yeah. We like, could probably do that for the podcast. And not and not because like I'm like against watching it. It's just like well I'm going to watch something else and just for, and I'm going to forget that that movie exists. Right. But I bet Meryl Streep is good in it because you know what Meryl <laughs> Streep is good in just about everything. <laughs> there is a really funny preview. Just speaking of the Iron Lady, that that, that I, I don't know if I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but where like it's because the whole point of the preview is like a teaser was to reveal her in the full makeup uh, as Margie, Maggie Thatcher, and uh, and so you just see these two old stodgy British dudes, and they're like, "Here's what you need to say when you make your speech to the American people: <laughs> uh, present yourself as strong but conservative, like a good old fashioned Tory, and then blah blah." Blah, blah, and this goes on and on, and then it finally cuts to Meryl Streep, and I don't know what she actually says, but to my mind, she just goes because <laughs> she's got this stupid makeup on and yeah. she's got the dumb accent, and it just—I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but I thought it was one of the funniest things in the world. They gave her the Oscar for that one. It's a like real she shame. She goes, "It's showtime! <laughs> Somebody stop me! Somebody stop me!" 
<laughs> fucking ridiculous. <laughs> oh, righty then. Oh, righty yeah. then. Exactly. Well, on that note, uh, I, I did uh, just want to read the the one line that they forced uh, John Voight to say because uh, we wonder. How I love it, democracy. <laughs> The real danger is from suspending our civil liberties, gutting the Bill of Rights, and allowing our fear to destroy our democratic ideals, which is the opposite of how John <laughs> Boyd feels, I yeah. think, in general. Uh, ratings. Uh, I think I have to give this like four and a half. At least four. I think I'm going to go Damn. four and a half. I, I really love it. I think it's great. Uh, for all the reasons that we've talked about. Uh, no Douglases. Doesn't Zero. doesn't really have anything like that going on, which is good. Uh, and I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten scary brain tomatoes. Oh boy, <laughs> the worst kind of tomato. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna give it three and a half. I was gonna, I was thinking it was gonna be in a four and a half, if not five. But I, I just really felt like that ending was a real fucking cop out. Maybe even more this time than the first time. And I know Jonathan Demme's a hopeful guy, and it's part of his whole thesis, but it's just stupid. <laughs> like, you're just like, after all that, yeah. they're all brought to justice? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, I mean, fuck that. Uh, I'm going to actually give it one and a half Douglases, just for the kind of queasy incest stuff where she's okay. like stroking his pecs and stuff like that in that, in that <laughs> one scene. It's pretty cool. Like it's a good o- it's the only time in the whole movie that it's even that anything sexual is even happening. Yeah, it's between a mom and a son. And I'm going to give it one uh, uh, ten out of ten. Choked out Anthony Mackies. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I'm going to f- four Juds. Go four Juds. I think it's good, but the ending it does it does kind of like go like eh, it doesn't quite it doesn't quite all work, but man, when it does, it's fucking great. Yeah, and I'll go. I'm gonna go half a half a Douglas for the the stuff for the incest implied incest because mm-hmm. it's very implied. And there's a scene where she kisses him on the mouth, and that's weird. But I don't know. It didn't get too gross or anything. I want to kiss you on the mouth. <laughs> fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. <laughs> we like that he says fucking idiot. We don't like that he says it 17 times. <laughs> this is a great note. One of my favorite commentary <laughs> anecdotes ever. The studio note? Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 on the, it's on the old commentary. It's really funny. And uh, shoot. Uh, what did you say? Tomatoes? And you yeah, I had the scary brain tomatoes. Uh, I'm just going to steal the, because you posted that clip of Meryl Streep, I'm going to 10 out of 10 uh, Meryl Streep drinking Cokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chewing the ice. Uh, that that is that, really funny. That vicious, is some, a vicious soda is, drinking. And that is some like fucking great acting, because you watch, uh, I watch so many, you watch so many movies and you and you notice when people are like not drinking stuff right. or when they're eating, when they're like My eating, but eating, but holding, not eating, like, like there's a lot of clearly empty Starbucks yeah, yeah, cups. And there's a lot of like yeah. people stirring their food, but not eating because they're, they're going to have to do this several times or whatever. So I love it when an actor is like, I'm going to drink this. Cup. And she like does. It, and she makes it part of her character the way she drinks the coke oh really and she's like mm-hmm. it's it's like a fucking commercial for coke and then she's just chewing the ice and staring right into the camera <laughs> it's really funny where she he goes sort of like i don't think that that he had anything to do with this or whatever and she's like oh really it's just, just so she's so fucking dismissive of it's she's amazing great. she's i mean her other demi movie is great too so Ricky what? and the Flash. Oh, oh yeah, shit. Ricky I gotta and the watch Flash that. is good. Yeah, super that. good. I mean, yep. it's it's uh, Diablo Cody wrote it, and it's like probably one of her better scripts. And Demi tempers everything that sucks about Diablo Cody, so yeah. it's like <laughs> really fucking so. good. And she's like, 
Streep is really unpleasant in it. Like she's not a nice person. She does unpleasant well. Yeah. She revel she relishes it. That's very yeah. good. And R.I.P. Jonathan Demi. Everybody oh, watch some Jonathan Demi movies. There's movies. this guy on Twitter like last week that was like, uh, I don't know if he was trolling film twitter or what did you see that where no. he was like he was like so like jonathan demi a uh, dude made like science of the lambs and then you look at his filmography and it's just 40 years of nothing else good you have to be kidding me somebody said that yeah, yeah. it's literally you look look it up it was a whole oh. thing it blew up over like a week ago and then the guy kind of walked it back and went okay geez and he like made some <laughs> snarky comments like i didn't realize there were so many manchurian candidate fans <laughs> or whatever but it was that kind of thing Great. where i was like i was kind of like you know what i've been so mad at things that are actually important in the world right now i'm happy to be fucking pissed at this piece of yeah. shit douchebag right. from somewhere i'm gonna allow myself to be mad at this dumb I'm opinion be, from no, some guy who I'm, doesn't i'm mad at this guy this yeah. guy fuck this guy fuck, fuck this, this guy. piece of shit let's dox him let's dox him right now i <laughs> know uh, let's not but i mean i wouldn't be able to because i don't know how to I, I couldn't find <laughs> I'm him i'm doxing him right now sell, send his picture to the spd and tell him he was a <laughs> protester they'll find him in seconds <laughs> uh anyway oh, no shit <laughs> I just pushed the docs button, so for, he's he's doxed. For everybody but that guy, because I don't who because fuck that guy. Uh, go watch well, some go watch Jonathan go watch Demi. Jonathan Make Demi sure you movies. watch Beloved. Fuck it. Married, Start with Married to the Mob. Start oh, with yeah. Married to the Mobs. Great amazing. movie. And, and my favorite, Something Wild. Mm-hmm. Oh fucking, God, Something fucking Wild. Amazing. Fucking amazing. Starts but I mean, great. And gets better. And every also, time you please, see it. please, please, don't skip Rachel getting married. Yeah, yeah. No, it's one of his best. It's, yeah. it's watch, maybe his best movie. Watch stop, uh, stop Making Sense. Yeah, if you want to just get your face blown off, it's fucking yeah. incredible. Stop, start, stop making sense, and go watch some Demi movies. Stop not making sense. <laughs> start, stop making sense. All right, what's next, guys? What's next? Next, next week. Episode? Next episode. Oh, wow. I mean, are we going to do the cages? We're coming, yeah. We're coming out. We're, we're gonna, settled on it. Cage we're co- match. We're coming out of the cage. Three cage episodes. Three going, cage movies. We're coming out of the cage or going into the cage? Going, who cares? <laughs> it's a, it's a, well, it's two, op- it's two different directions. We go into the cage, then This we match come is scheduled it. for one fall. Whoever That's climbs right. out of the cage wins. <laughs> what do we got for cage match? We're Eight finally deadfall. Gonna... Deadfall. Eight millimeter. Ooh, one, one we've been waiting to do since the inception of this podcast. I know, podcast. I know. And it, that'll be a fun one because I kind of like it. So I know. I know. It's Amazing. Weird. I have uh, not seen any of these. And so. Kiss of Death. Wow. You haven't seen Kiss of Death? No, I haven't seen Oh, man. It's you like, haven't seen 8 millimeter? No. Oh my god! I had no desire to because when Eight Millimeter came out, everyone was like, "This movie sucks," and so I was like, "Okay," and I just never watched it. I promise you, and now, it is I mean, not I'm f- good, but does not suck. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> and you'll be you'll be happy because you get some Chris Bauer. Oh, I, lo- I know, I know, I know about Gandolfini. I, I love Cage. Yeah, I can, it's a Joker origin story. Joaquin Phoenix. I can never, t- I can never get too much uh, Gandolfini, and you know, there's only so much. It's got Peter Stamari. Frank it's, it's a weird movie, but uh, anyway, yeah. we're finally going to dive into Nicolas Cage, one of my favorite actors, my, maybe my favorite like living actor. And that doesn't mean Jesus. I love everything he's in. I just think he's fucking. No, crazy. Kevin, it does. Fuck. If you guys, he's, want- he's like Meryl Streep a bit, where I'm like, I'm like, I bet Nicolas Cage is fun in this movie. I'm never going to watch it, but he's in completely different kinds of movies. Yeah, um, <laughs> she's not in direct video action. Did, did you guys? Did you watch the movie Beyond Worlds? That was at Fantastic mm, Fest a couple years no. ago. No. That's a Nicolas Cage one that is, I think, terrible, but must be seen. <laughs> Mostly for the sequence in which he is having sex with Sold. his like <laughs> reincarnated wife in the form of his girlfriend's daughter while he is reading from a book of po- prose poetry written by Nicolas Cage. Wow. Uh, <laughs> all right, well... <laughs> 
one thing before we leave you, one thing that I did want to bring up is that um, for our uh, Patreon account, we got a bunch of cool stuff out there, but we got something special that we wanted to do because we're getting close to the 50 followers. Incredibly enough, mm-hmm. we're close to the 50 followers threshold. And when we do, when we get to 50 followers, and uh, for all I know, we might be there by the time this episode even comes out. <laughs> but just to entice people that haven't already signed up for it, we are going to do a special three Douglases, additional three Douglases episodes. Yes. Yeah. Do we remember no, which doing, ones? No, no, it's five Douglases. Five Douglases? It's a two-parter. Yeah, it's a two-parter. Oh, it's a two-parter. Okay, yeah, thank yeah. God. Yeah, and it's going to be, do we want to just tell people or? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we're trying to entice them. Well, it's yeah. two episodes because we're gonna. it's going to be Black Rain, mm. Falling Down, mm. and Wall, Wall Street. Street. And then the next episode is what I wanted, I've been wanting to do for a while that we can't that doesn't work on this show at all but for a Patreon is Romancing the Stone and Jewel of the Nile oh two my movies God. two movies I watched a lot when those, I was a kid both of those long episodes are going to be Patreon episodes so. yeah 450 a month and there's a shitload of other stuff up there we got We've the already sneakers got episode now's, the, now's the best one to, yeah we got sneakers our sneakers Patreon episode will be up next week so and yeah. then and then soon we're going to be giving away a Spaceballs novelization because yeah. we did Spaceballs we're trying to figure out that'll be we'll figure out how to do that <laughs> but that'll do it but stay, so yeah, everybody tune into the Patreon. It's only four and a half Douglases a month, four yeah. fifty a month. You'll barely notice that you're yeah. paying it. Just forget that you're, you know, sign up and forget sign about up, it. Forget about it. Forget about it. What are you worried forget about? Forget it. Walk right. out of there with a big load of fake doors in your arms. So do <laughs> what are you worried about? <laughs> so, so do that. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and everything, and letterboxes and whatnot. Greatest review us. Greatest review us. You know, share it, share share about our podcast if you love us. And uh, until then. The suspense is killing us. Bye. 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 Bye.